Good Monday morning, FightfulOverbooked.com. We're in the weeds. I'm Matt Joel Pearl, as always, whew, on a Monday morning where nobody slept, but everyone's awake on a busy weekend. Jeremy Lambert's here. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Great question. Can't comment. <laughs> Stealing my offline bits, Jeremy Lambert. I'm pulling the curtain back. <laughs> I am. I was, I was. I had to quickly come up with a headline, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? That's actually a good bit." So, great question, Joel. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you asked that question. Uh, I can't comment on on how I'm doing, though. Uh, we have great partners here, here at Five Flow Overbook. They're very happy with everything. I just can't comment on that. You, that's when you're supposed to say, "But your que- but I feel bad not answering your question." So please ask another question if you have one. After being told, <laughs> by the way, no follow up questions. <laughs> I love that. I love that that gimmick that they run now. It's like no follow up questions, but then when you ask the question that we don't want to answer, we'll give you a follow up question because we feel bad that we didn't answer the question that we told you we wouldn't answer, even though we told you to ask a question. People are just asking like two part questions, like instead of just like follow up questions, like two part question. Tony, there were so many two part questions last night. It was it was a uh, it was something. Oh oh man, the best one. The best one was, I don't even remember what Tony was talking about, um, but he just goes, you know, no one asked me about what I'm going to do with a roster with Collision. And I wouldn't have answered it anyway. It's just like, thanks, Tony. Thanks. But no people, one asked and you wouldn't have answered. People asked on the pre-conference, the pre-show conference it call. It did. Yeah. But, he, you know, he did say, like, after Double or Nothing, I'll give more insight to that. And technically, we were after Double or Nothing. And so... Yeah, he maybe he suspected. Oh, someone will ask. He's like, I, you know, no one asked me. He's like, even if he did, I wasn't gonna answer that one. Good lord. Anyway, <laughs> here we are. It's 10 a.m. We got a lot to talk about. There were four shows over the weekend that we uh, definitely gave a lot of, uh, of, of attention to on Fightful.com. Impact Under Siege ran on Friday night. NXT Battleground and Double or Nothing ran last night. And of course, Night of Champions, Afternoon of Champions. Uh, ran on Saturday afternoon. There was a lot. There was Best of the Super Juniors as well. That show happened. Uh, yeah, there was, was a lot, a Jeremy. Show. It was a good yeah. show. I, I haven't gotten through all of it yet. I'm going through bits and pieces. Uh, I, I was telling you before we started that I was catching up on the uh, the post-show press conference. So a lot of that's on my mind. Insofar that we're going to have Mark Hoke from Mark Hoke Show from uh, KW, KDWN, easy for me to say, uh, 101.5 in Las Vegas. He's going to join us at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, talk about his experience at Double or Nothing, not just at the live show, but also at the press conference. Uh, he he was told that he has uh, type 3 diabetes by MJF. Thank yeah. God he laughed that one off. Uh, That's so mean. It was very mean. I want to know, like, oh, there was one, there was the what culture guy who got uh, praised by, by MJF. Everyone else got slacked. It was great, but... Uh, I, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about the, pro, the the press conference. We'll ask Mark about the experience. We'll talk about it more in depth. But there's there's just so much to talk about, Jeremy. So much. So many shows. Yeah, we should just keep talking about the press conference, though. Because like, I tweeted this like half-jokingly of and half-trollingly. Of, like, these press conferences being so long are just a detriment to AEW. Because everybody just wants to talk about the press conference and not about the show at this point. Let's talk about Tony Khan. No, basically no commenting on Goldberg. Yeah, I've had a conversation with Goldberg. Won't tell you what we've talked about. Basically, no commenting on Goldberg. It's like, how about we talk about like that MJF match? That was really good. How about we we talk about Anarchy in the Arena or Takeshka? That was that was cool. Like, let's talk about that stuff. You forgot that Orange Cassidy won this battle royal eight hours ago. 
by the end of the night. Like, let's talk about that stuff. Instead, these press conferences are so long. Everybody just wants to talk about the press conference. Maybe I'm just too inside the bubble on it, and this is just my thoughts. And that honestly, that could be very, very true, is I'm just way too in the bubble. And this is all I'm thinking about, when the truth is, like, people are still talking about the show. But I'm up until 3 a.m., uh, listening and transcribing these press conferences. And that's like this last sticking point with me. But Joel, you know what? Let's talk about all the wrestling this week. You're you're the host of this show. I'm just here for paid, not even that. Um, I'm, I'm here because it's uh, allegedly my channel and I can do what I want. Uh, but you, what would you like to talk about, Joe? So, Joel, what do you want to talk about? We'll talk about that match. A little bit later. Uh, you know what? Why not start with a little impact talk? Because it's early and people are... Why? No, you're fired. No, people are just streaming in. People are just kind of filing in, talking about it. We're not going to go in depth. We're not going to go match by match, give our review. No, there's already a review show for that. Cresta and I did that on this channel on Friday night. It's more just the, the, the hits and miss. That's all. I mean, the, really, the big news coming out of impact was that Jordan Grace is on her way out. She lost her match against Deanna Perrazzo, and uh, she can no longer challenge for the Knockouts Championship, which is easy when you no longer work for the company. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So that's really the big news coming out of Impact. The match with PCO and and Macklin was very fun, uh, very bloody. Uh, If you want something that was very hardcore match, there it is. Unfortunately, they brought back Bully Ray after that, so... Uh, I, I spent a lot of time explaining to people that it was going to happen, but uh, yeah, it was good. And Trinity also had a really solid match with Giselle Shaw. It was exactly as uh, you and I kind of discussed it would play out in the way that it would go, uh, minus the Tasha Steeles thing. Uh, that didn't happen, but instead Savannah Evans and, and Trinity seemed to be up next. There was, uh, there was some good stuff on Impact. I don't know if you want to uh, add anything to that. Gordon Grace being a free agent. Um... I think we mentioned that this might have been a possibility. Maybe not. I think actually, you know, I, I was kind of sold on Grace winning just because I, uh, it seemed like due to the stipulation, Jordan winning, they can go in different directions with that. But she's now a free agent. She's leaving for for the time being. She, I mean, spoiler alert. Sorry if anybody cares about Impact spoilers that much. She was part of the tapings the following night. I won't say what she did or anything, but she was part of the tapings the following night. So maybe not a full on spoiler. Um, So yeah, you will see her on impact television again. Under siege will not be the last one. A good match with Deanna. makes sense. Now that we know the Jordan grace news that she lost that match and everything, because by the time, if she comes back to impact, I imagine Deanna won't be there or you could tell that story. If Deanna is still not, not, not be there. Deanna won't be the champion. Um, Or you can tell that story. If Deanna still is the champion and Jordan, whenever, if she does return kind of feels like Jordan might just take time off. I don't, I don't know if you read that note. Sean has maybe mentioned this <clears throat> on our show before, or one of the shows that I've popped in on, or maybe it was a private conversation that he has now made public to a point. Jordan Grace has hit millionaire status and she's doing just fine with, with all of the, like she doesn't like need wrestling like she's doing okay with everything uh so i it seems like she might just take some time off and you know do whatever she wants to do support her husband john gresham and kind of chill continue to be a millionaire that's what i would do if i was a millionaire joel i would just 
be a millionaire. I wouldn't wrestle every week. That's for sure. She, yeah, she indicated that she's going to take some time off. Uh, I had heard once or twice about her millionaire status. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if she takes some time, feel better, maybe work on the, uh, the bodybuilding competitions that she wants to continue being a part of. She had some good success in her first one. Uh, so really, sky's the limit. She can heal up, spend as much time outside of wrestling in the public eye as she wants. Uh, she can take independent bookings if she really, really wants and gets the itch. Uh, she can go really anywhere. She could do a handshake deal with Impact, and I'm sure they'd love to bring her back. Uh, she could wind up at AEW or uh, in Ring of Honor. Again, Jonathan Gresham's another side of the story because they are married. Doesn't mean that the partners have to go wherever the other partner goes. However, if we take that into account, let's not forget that Gresham told Nick Hausman not too long ago that things between him and Tony Khan are are okay again, that they're cool. And it opens up the door for Gresham after his impact run to possibly go to a place like Ring of Honor or AEW again. Uh, and if Jordan Grace were to follow suit, I don't think anyone would be surprised. Or if Jordan Grace shows up first and then maybe Gresham finishes out with impact, he goes again. That wouldn't surprise anybody either. Uh, there's just there's a lot on the table, but it feels like for the time being, she's going to take some time off, do what she wants to do. Totally understandable. Uh, after so long, you can only, you know, you can only take so much in wrestling, Jeremy. Eventually, you're going to have to take a break. So if this is her opportunity to take a break and enjoy life uh, in a different way, then I think it's, uh, then it's welcome. But one thing I do want to see, if we get that far, if she decides to go elsewhere, I would love to see Jordan Grace come back to Impact in a, maybe a couple of years and say, I want the thing that I never had, and that's the Impact World Championship. And I think, and, and I know Steven Jensen's mentioned this. I know you, you guys talked with Cresta about this on the spotlight and in the creator spotlight. Uh, I like the idea of Jordan Grace going after the Impact World Championship after she goes away, has some success, and comes back and maybe makes that a final run or at least one of the last runs. I would like to see her in WOW Women's of Wrestling, Joel, because I don't think that company gets enough attention and has a face they can build around. And Jordan Grace, just to pop herself with all that money, just go there and boost the stock of WOW superheroes. Take that challenge. Somebody needs to take that challenge because the last person who tried it nuclear. happened. Nuclear. Yeah, got nuclear, nuclear heat for nuclear. what they did. Uh, no, but do you actually uh, listen. Sometimes we, we crack wise. Do you actually think Jordan and Wow would be a, an idea, a good idea? I don't know if it's a good idea for like Ashox is unironically a good idea with Jordan and Wow. Like, is it a, the best idea in the world? She's it's not a money thing with her, right? Like, she's got the money, she can afford to kind of just do whatever she wants with wrestling. I think it'd be a fun little risk and challenge for her and she'd be the biggest fish in a very like she'd be a shark she would be a shark in us in the swamp in the side of our yard out here in in lebron james ohio that's how big of a of an impact uh jordan grace would be in, in wow and i think it'd be a fun little fun little challenge for her i don't think she's gonna do it but i want to see someone just like try it just to just to see someone who clearly doesn't need the money just to see if they can raise that profile 
a little bit. Impact, Impact's like they're at where they're at. NWA would be another one. That would be a challenge too. That might be a tougher challenge than WoW, honestly. Well, yeah, for two reasons. One, you're not a real fan of the NWA unless you're cheering for Titus. You're not a real wrestling fan unless you're cheering for Titus. Yeah. You saw that. Yeah. I know you did. Yeah. And, yeah. and if, Billy, if Billy wants you to be a fan of pro wrestling, you have to like Tyrus. And Jordan, if she goes to, to NWA, she has to face Tyrus and win the, 70, the 70th anniversary pound of gold. Uh, I don't know. I just If she were to beat Camille... I would love that. Again, the NWA women's division is actually pretty friggin' good. Like, there's it is. It's it's. I think a lot of people will agree who have followed the NWA, even just off to the side, like some of us do. The most frustrating thing about the NWA is that they get in their own way with some of the stars that they pick. However, some of their younger talent, especially in their women's division, have so much potential and are putting on such good matches and have pretty good stories for the most part that. It does make the NWA watchable. And then the main event starts. And you're just like, I'm out. We're we're going to hopefully have someone from the NWA women's division who will be part of the Crockett Cup on this show uh, at some point this week. We don't have anything set in stone right now, but we got a couple, a couple of feelers out there. Hopefully something comes through. Yeah, the Crockett Cup is this weekend. I've banned the NWA from my other show. Uh, the Crockett Cups this weekend, and instead of talking about that little tag team tournament, which should be prestigious and historic and all this fun stuff, I'm going to focus around their women's division because that's like actually good and compelling. It really is. It, I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, if you're going to watch the NWA, go watch the NWA women's division. I, I say the same thing with Impact. If you're going to watch the – if you have a problem with like Undead Realm and stuff like that, honestly, the X division and the women's division are great. Even – I like what Macklin's doing right now. I liked, again, I really enjoyed the match with PCO. I knew I would. I knew the outcome, but they went absolutely ham. And for Macklin, like, to bleed as much as he bled on his birthday, retaining his title, it was just a good visual and a good end of the show. And then they brought out Bully Ray. So <laughs> this seems to be the going, the going right. And Bully comes out. They light the table on fire. They make up for the last time they tried to do that where the table didn't light. So they just went to the spot. Uh, no, they got the table on fire. They took out Scott Demore with the flaming table. Said, if I, if I go down, you come down with me because you hired me. Okay. So what's the story here now with, with Scott Demore? Is it now Bully and Macklin against Scott? Is Scott just stuck? Like, what are we, what are we doing? You're the impact guy. You tell me what we're doing. It's going to be Bully and Scott at Slammiversary for like Bully Ray's contract, right? Isn't that what we're going to do? Scott's going to break out a Destroyer. And I mean, he might land it cleaner than people on AEW landed that Destroyer last night. Um, Did anyone anyone have a Destroyer account last night? I kept looking for one on AEW. There was... Uh, in one match alone, in that p- four pillars match, there were at least ten. Were there? I mean, I, be- I believe you. There was a lot of code reds in that match. Man, uh, Dustin did one on the apron and landed on his tailbone, and then Cole did his and landed basically on his back uh, on his. Which that one, yeah, was a rough night for the Destroyer crowd. Um, th- the pillar ones. I'm sure it looked a lot better. Some of this stuff just runs together with me. Um, but yeah, I guess it's going to lead to Bully Ray and Scott Demore, right? Like, th- that's where we're going with this. It feels Scott Demore's going to wrestle. 
Yeah, it feels that way. If Scott Demore wrestles, it's got to be some sort of, um, it's got to be some sort of gimmick match, right? A hardcore something. If they do it at Slammiversary, it also makes sense because Scott is is Windsor based, and that's where Slammiversary is happening. Can Am Dojo can be a part of it. They can bring in some of the students from Can Am from over the years. Uh, whether you know they did a whole. What's A one doing, Joel? What's A one doing? A one wrestling. A one the wrestler from Team Canada. Oh my god, I don't even think about that anymore. I don't remember. Hell yeah, because you know Rude. Rude is in WWE and out for who knows how long with a neck injury. Best wishes yeah. to to Bobby Rude. Hope he's healthy soon. Um, PD, sure. pretty sure okay. PD's in WWE. PD's yeah, PD's a producer. Yeah, Eric Young's in WWE. Presumably. Oh, yes. They who they got? Like they got A1. Get my man A1 in there. Johnny Divine, what's he doing? I made a Johnny Divine reference last night. Yeah. I did. Max, thank you for that. Do you think do you think WWE would loan would loan them Eric Young and Petey Williams for this? Eric Young and Petey Williams against Bully Ray and Steve Macklin. At, at Slammiversary. But then, like, Eric Young and Petey Williams got to go over, which would be tremendous. I think you're more likely to see Jack Evans or Tyson Dukes. <laughs> just, just a thought. They're not real. Guy. They're not real members of Team... I ain't counting no. them as Team Canada members. Get out of here. You're not going to have the one of the former captains of Team Canada show up, tell you that much. <laughs> we, need, we need A1. Get A1. Get uh and and get me Johnny Devine out there. That's who we need. I, I wonder what he's doing right now. He he showed up in 2018. Did an explosion taping. Oh, well, that's Ooh. that's all we got. That's all. Somebody get an update on you know who Scott Demore should bring in. Biggest pop, Ruffy Silverstein. No, I no. don't know who that is. He was another member of Team Canada. Okay. Biggest pop in Impact history. Not even a Team Canada member. Scott Demore says, I'm going to bring in an Impact legend. I'm going to bring in who someone who was wronged by this company. You think you were wronged in this company, Bully Ray? You think I've been a jerk to you? You think I've tried to drag you down? I'm going to bring in someone who was really wronged by this company. Straight out of the Serengeti. The period monty brown baby let's go i mean i love it and the tna fans would friggin' love that too let's go yeah all right that's monty brown nothing beats that nothing beats having money at least have a run-in a monty brown run-in all of scott demore's best friends just show up and beat up bully ray fine with me had dixie carter come up and and, and low blow bully why not Where's brooke hogan Brooke Hogan got her marriage ruined by Bully Who cares? Ray. Who cares? Where's Hulk? Hulk coming back for that revenge. Oh, yeah. He's over that speed bump of racism, you know? Yeah, who would have thought that racism is a speed bump? Oh, man. Just, yeah, racism, you know, just got to go a little bit slower when you approach that. You'd be okay. Just just get get on over that hump there. We'll be we'll be fine. Then you could speed up again. It'll it'll be okay. Your racism arrives one quarter mile at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
those are some of the bigger moments from uh, from Under Siege. There was there was a lot of good wrestling subculture coming in and doing uh, doing a great match for the tag titles with Ace of Base was fun, uh, as expected. You know, to the surprise of no one, Ace of Base retains, and then uh, subculture just had a good time in uh, the other London, Ontario, Canada. So good for them. It was a fun fun neat, fun evening for Impact. Uh, no real huge surprises, other than discovering that Jordan Grace is on her way out. And if that's the big surprise. That's fine. We move on. You know, we have uh, against all odds is going to be in Cleveland. It's going to be Alex Shelley versus Steve Macklin for the title. Columbus. It's in Columbus. Not I thought Columbus. it was in Cleveland for some reason. I'm pretty sure it's Columbus. You're the you're the Ohioan, so I'm just going to go by whatever you say at this point. Against all odds, yeah, it's in Columbus. Okay. Are you still thinking of going? I know it's not Gresham versus Macklin anymore. I like Alex Shelley. I just watched him face Alec Price um, in Columbus uh, for for GCW. And I've always liked Alex Shelley. Anyone who's watched this show has heard me praise the great Alex Shelley. Like, yeah, that's a good match. I got to see what else is on on this show. Based on, like, it seems like they're doing, like, some, uh, sorry, spoiler alert stuff. It seems like they might be doing something like tournament thing. Yeah. One night tournament i don't know how i feel about watching like five bully ray matches so i might i don't know if it's a scramble type match i don't know if it's a tournament i gotta i gotta i gotta see gotta see i gotta let it play out joel yes you should absolutely let it play out uh hey by the way i told you jake christ yeah yeah it was it was not whoever uh, you know, I called it to be. Who did you say it was going to be? I know people said Jake uh, something. I don't remember who you said. Yeah, some people said it's Jake something. I don't even remember. I think I threw out just some like random names that weren't going to happen. Joel, that was Friday. Do you know how long ago Friday was in the in this mind? Like Friday may as well have been five years ago at this point. No, I get it. I really do. Uh, which is why we should probably move along. You want to talk? We'll talk about Night of Champions. How's that? We have a new champion, a new world heavyweight champion. His name is Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, I see that Mark Hoke is out of bed. Congratulations. He'll be joining us in about an hour. <laughs> Unless he suddenly wants to get, roll out of bed and show up now. But either way, uh, the invitation's open whenever you're ready, Mark. Uh, yeah, so Night of Champions. Seth Rollins is the new world heavyweight champion. Beats AJ Styles. It was the opening match. The discourse, Jeremy. What did you feel? How did you feel about the new champion? How did you feel about the opening match being the World Heavyweight Championship match? Are we back to 2011? What are we doing? It's fine that it's the opening match. Like people are so caught up on this stuff. It's dumb. It's dumb to be, oh, it's not the main event. It's way less meaningful because it's not the main event. No, it's okay if it's the opening match. The opening match, everyone says, is the second best spot on the show. So it's fine that it's the opening match. You want to have the main event. The tag team titles mean something. That's good too. Roman Reigns is the top guy. He's the undisputed universal champion. Like that, that should be an important part for him. Seth and AJ being the opening match, completely fine by me. I didn't have an issue with it. I think people just want to be mad about stuff. It's dumb. Stop being mad. That's fair. Uh, Mark saying that he's shirtless right now. So, uh, by the way, if you don't need a super chat here at youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked, we will have shirtless Mark. Sh- no, I'm just kidding. But if you want to support I tried to, I tried to get people to donate money. I was going to eat a raw egg on the afternoon of Champions post show. 
I got more money to pour water over my head than to eat a raw egg. So maybe people like me. And it's like, yeah, sure. Pour water over your head. We'll give you money for that. We don't actually want to support you eating a raw egg. So I appreciate that. That's how I'm just going to spend this anyway. I was going to say the raw egg is actually healthier than pouring water on your head. Is water, pouring water over your head not healthy? It's a good I, cool off. It's, it's not that it's not healthy. It's just that you could just as easily get the the good stuff from a raw egg Whereas pouring water in your head, just pouring water on your head. Well, I did jumping jacks and stuff, though. That was you always did. good. You were active. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, Super Chat. Uh, donate that money, and we will do a parent. Well, Jeremy will do things. Uh, and Mark Mark will show up shirtless, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I'll not. Do I, don't need to, I don't think we need to get demonetized today. We're, I'll we're all do things, things for money, everybody. <laughs> I'll do true. things. So who's who's first for Seth now that we have a new world heavyweight champion on Raw? Who's on? I Judgment Day. It, uh, he's gonna feud with just all of Judgment Day. I actually think Damian Priest would be like a good kind of kind of first opponent. Damian Priest reward him a little bit for the Bad Bunny stuff. You could throw in Dominic's the biggest heel in in the friggin' company. He's getting referenced on AEW last night. So Dominic can be thrown in there. Finn, he beat Finn in part of the tournament, I know, but plenty of history there. You can bring in the Demon. That guy's always wins, right? No one's ever beaten the Demon. He's definitely still a character who should be feared. Are you? You mean you mean the Kiss Demon? Yes. yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yes, I would love to see that. If we've seen him everywhere else, I would love to see the Kiss Demon in WWE. What if the What if Balor has like a different Demon? spray paint it's like no this was demon version one now you're dealing with like demon, demon gold yeah demon gold is what i guess they already have bullet club gold but that you know that's the tie-in right there bullet club demon now you're dealing with demon gold this is a higher higher level of demon and that is how Balor comes in and you can still protect the demon right i mean that's yeah that's something yeah, you know, I, we already know that KO and Sammy are going to have Judgment Day next. As do we? Discussed. Yeah, because that was the whole they pinned Sammy and KO. Oh, right. Now it's and that was the whole we talked about on Friday how Balor was like right. basically looking past whatever the match was at Night of Champions and yeah and like you made a good point that it's like the heel just looking at the match not looking you know not spoiling anything just talking trash but um, either way it's looking like it's going to be Judgment Day and Sammy and KO which is fine. But we do need an opponent for, for Seth, at least to tie him over. Could be Bronson Reed, but I don't want to see Bronson Reed eat more L's, at least not for a little while. You, I don't know who else you could have him go up against. Again, I still think Drew McIntyre coming back and winning Money in the Bank is a more of an opportunity to happen now than ever as a heel, given, given where we are in the depth chart. Um, I know Dave Meltzer kind of said that it's going to be Brock, and that's... Brock and Seth? Yeah, he had mentioned the op- the option of doing Brock and Seth. At, I think it's SummerSlam. I'm for that. They have good matches. And technically, Brock won last night, or on Saturday, I should say. Against I technically, them. he did. What do you mean technically? No, no, you're right. He did win. He, Cody passed out, and there was the end of the match. So, yes. In the record books, Brock Lesnar won the match. Therefore, he has a claim to a match with Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh so now they have to start bringing 
I like the idea that they need to elevate talent to that world title level because for the last little while, it's been trying to elevate them to the U.S. championship, the Intercontinental Championship. It's time to now have a world champion on Raw that actually defends the title. And uh, my only concern, if you will, is you have Gunter with that Intercontinental Championship on Raw. And if that is the quote-unquote workhorse title, what is the World Heavyweight Championship? The double horsepower workhorse title, Joel. You get champions just defending all the time. Be great. This is what people want, right? We want champions who are active and who always defend the belts. You want your great wrestling matches. You watch Raw. You want your cinema. You watch SmackDown. It's a great way to actually differentiate the shows. That's what I want. Hashtag for your consideration. (laughs) <laughs> that was the end that was the end of the show on saturday uh i don't i don't know who else on the roster makes sense for seth right now going into money in the bank and they, they're gonna have to pull somebody from the money in the bank field to take on seth rollins as to who that could be i don't know Let, let's take a look at the the monday night raw roster in 2023 uh we'll go to smackdown hotel because they always have a good good roster and Adam Pierce, congratulations! You no, I don't know. De- not going to be Dexter Loomis. Could be Cody. But I don't want to do that so quickly. Johnny Gargano. Gargano would like Gargano. Be a good match. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. I'm I'm sure they'll do Riddle at one point. Riddleins? I don't know. Maybe Miz. It's gonna be Miz. It's it always Miz. Is. It's when in doubt, Miz call him Miz. That's yeah. right. Is Dolph? Is Dolph's on SmackDown, isn't he? Also free agent. Is he? Oh, perfect. Yeah. It should have been me. Yeah, Dolph's a free agent. He can just do what he wants. I love it. Perfect. Okay, Omos. So you should do Omos again. I mean, they probably will sooner than later. To be perfectly frank with you, like that could be the Money in the Bank title match. It could be. But I, I want, I want Omos in Money in the Bank. That's what I want. He he would just have to climb two rungs, and he has the briefcase, Jeremy. Yeah, I want him like on a step ladder. That's the ladder he uses. Just a step ladder, and he just goes up there, and that's the ladder he needs to use. While everybody else uses these big, tall ladders and everything, I want him just on a step ladder. What if they do Gunter versus Seth Rollins? As like a title for title that ends in a double DQ or whatever. Well, that sucks, but that's kind of what WWE would do. Yeah, but Gunther and Seth would be fantastic. I'm all for oh, that. That's, when it, yeah, yeah, when they eventually do it and it's for a championship, 100%, it will be a good match and I will be very much there for it. That being said, I don't like the idea of doing like a title for title WrestleMania six thing. I don't need that. Nah, no, nah, I don't need. I don't need any of that. But I'm all for. Gunther and and Seth because it'd be a great match, but yeah, they'll book themselves into a corner into a double DQ type of nonsense, or you know, Imperium will interfere and then somebody will have to save Seth. Does he still have friends? Does he have uh, what's Dean Ambrose doing? Do you think he'll come back and and save Seth Rollins? Roman Reigns is kind of doing his own thing, but we haven't heard from Dean Ambrose in a while, so maybe this is when he returns to help out Seth Rollins. I heard he's really popular in Vegas right now. Maybe Dean Ambrose. That, that's that's possible. That's possible. Yeah. I haven't seen him. It's it's been years 
since we've seen Dean Ambrose. So maybe Seth makes that phone call. Maybe he does. Maybe that's the forbidden door we made along the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's move on because I think uh, we'll find out tonight where Seth and his new world championship goes. It's going to go to Marvel. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be Deadpool versus Seth Rollins. Is Deadpool Marvel? Uh, yes. Wonderful. Yes. Ryan Reynolds versus Seth Rollins. That'd be great. You know how like hyped they would be if they get Ryan Reynolds to come in there? They would love love that he doesn't want to buy my hockey team let him buy the world heavyweight championship (laughs) they would love to get any of these like marvel people that's that's what they need to convince seth is like can we get brie larson this is how they get batista back oh that's what that's who seth needs baby batista let's go give me give me my guy give me big dick dave back in the ring the marvel crossover Right there, Dwayne and his DC. We ain't worried about him. Let me get let me get Dwayne. Get him out of here. Let me get Big Dave and Seth just wrecking shit. Marvel That's what you wrecking do. everybody. No, you do. It's the rock doesn't come back to face Roman Reigns. He comes back to face Seth. And it's a Marvel versus DC crossover. Forget what Triple A does every year with the Marvel wrestlers. You do a big crossover event with Marvel and DC wrestlers. Let's go. There it is. Like I don't this. think they like I, the Rock I, DC anymore. No, I don't think the Rock is. I think he's done with DC, honestly. Uh, the only <laughs> DC he's talking to is Daniel Cormier at this point. <laughs> he's doing anything else with DC. Snoop does still want to buy my hockey team. WrestleMania uh, wrestler, Snoop Dogg. Legend. 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 Let's not say wrestler. A legend. That's right. WrestleMania legend, Snoop Dogg. Stupendous WrestleMania legend, Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Anyway, uh, Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch. So this went about at 99% of how I think we expected it in that Trish Stratus did cheat to win. I don't think anyone saw Zoe Stark being the, uh, the X Factor in this match. I can't say I'm unhappy about it. I had originally said, what if it's Piper Niven? But Zoe Stark is a perfectly serviceable replacement in this case. What do you think of this match? What do you think of the uh, the team? I like Zoe Stark coming in. It needed something. We you you were you were heavy on uh Piper being like that that bridge for Trish, that that person basically Trish is heavy at this point. And because she's gonna need somebody if they were gonna continue this feud to SummerSlam, because we still got a couple months until SummerSlam. So they're going to need a more regular person to, to be part of this feud with Becky. You imagine Lita is coming back to do a tag match at some point. Maybe this is the money in the bank match is Zoe and Trish against Lita and Becky. Maybe they just do it on a random raw. I don't know. And then we get to the SummerSlam rematch between Trish and Becky. So they needed somebody. They went with Zoe, which I think is a good call because Piper Nevin was would have been fine, but Zoe is she's new, she's fresh, she doesn't have the dewdropness on her. Uh, she's she was pushed immediately. She comes in, beats Candice LeRae on her first night. She's getting the vignettes and everything. Like it's a good call to go with Zoe Stark, and it puts someone fresh in this division who the main roster audience is not too familiar with but it makes her feel like a threat this combined with the candace win it makes her feel like an immediate threat and now she's gonna it's gonna be big sink or swim time for zoe stark because she's gonna be on the main roster cutting promos 
with Becky Lynch. And Becky can sometimes eat a little bit on the microphone. And if you ain't ready for that, you'll get trucked. You know what's kind of sad about all this? We sat here and we talked on Friday. Who can win money in the bank? And we kind of said to ourselves, maybe Zoe Stark. And now I'm a little more closer to Lacey Evans <laughs> than I was before. Oh, yeah, she's in that qualifying match, man. I saw that. Like, yep. She's got she's facing Zia Lee. So clearly Lacey Evans is joining the field for Money in the Bank this year. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. You know, she'll have a good gimmick, right? Her gimmick's just going to be like when life is tough and you're down, just make more money. However, something to think about. Currently, both women's champions are heels. They're bad guys. So a babyface winning the Money in the Bank this year kind of turns Money in the Bank on its head. But the cash-in is a little more fun because it's a babyface cashing in on a heel. You just got to find a way to make it look not underhanded. But, you know, you got to make it work in a certain way. When we talk about Double or Nothing and what they did with uh, with Chris Stylander and Jake Cargill, it's kind of a similar but different story. And I have my feelings about it. But uh, I, I'm just kind of comparing the two because they did have a babyface come back last night to take on who was effectively a heel champion, who was a, a heel champion. You could do the same thing at Money in the Bank with or with the Money in the Bank winner and the women's side, assuming that the the women's champion is still the heel at that point. You have been corrected, and it is Zelina Vega, not Zia Lee. Sure, whatever. Same out. Nah, Zelina. Zelina's got an actual shot to to win. Zia Lee would have had no shot. Zelina, I mean, they, they kind of the LWO is like kind of hit and miss. They like Ray Santos Escobar's doing nice things, but like Zelina did just get wrecked by um she lost to Asuka she lost to Rhea before that so they don't mind beating Zelina but they also do like the LWO so it's it's more of a shot for Lacey not to win when it's Zelina than it would have been with Zia Lee it's more 50-50 before it was like 95-5 it's 50-50 it's fine okay I still think it'll be Lacey Evans that's just me though. I hope it's Zelina I hope it's I hope they start a a story with Lacey where she loses a lot. And she's like, I don't understand why I'm still so down. I keep losing. I'm making a lot of money and I just can't pick myself up out of this. What's wrong with me? And then she's got to go to therapy. And then we do a therapist storyline. Lieutenant Lacey, the loser. (laughs) Like, man, her opinions on that suck. Okay. And, And say that. They suck. She's completely wrong. And I got no time. No time for it. None at all. Nobody should listen to her when it when it comes to that. that her what she says is not a cure all. I hope everybody out there is doing well on this Monday. Yes, absolutely. On, on a uh, Memorial Day Monday for those who are in the US. I am not. My my long weekend was last weekend. So uh Anyway, maybe that's why people are watching because they have the day off. Uh, or maybe that's why they're not watching is because they had the day off and they're outside touching grass, Jeremy. This, this show's called In the Weeds. We're always touching grass here on this show. We, we are the grass. Everybody come touch us. Mm-hmm. Touch us with your money in Super Chats. Anyway, uh, yeah, the, the Zoe Stark stuff, going back to that, is uh, it really is sink or swim for her. I'm happy that they're moving potentially away from just 
She's going to keep beating undercard talent and build her way up. I like that they're giving her the spotlight. I like that they're trying to catapult her right away. They've clearly had a, an eye on her for a little while. Now it is her time to put up or shut up. There will be promos. She's good with matches. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the uh, the Z360 because it's certainly starting to break some faces if it's not taken properly. But uh, other than that, this is a good acquisition and a good opportunity for Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus. Yeah. Well, again, we'll see how, how Zoe does because she's going to have to up her uh, promo skills if she's going to go word for word with, with Becky Lynch uh, live on Raw. I don't have much to say about Gunter and, uh, and Ali. It happened. That's that. Gunther rules. Gunther That's rules. Yeah. Marching towards his uh, record-breaking Intercontinental Championship reign. Cool. Good. But I did love the finish to the Oscar match. Oscar and Bianca Belair. I had said this on a few places. I think I said it here. Uh, it, it, was, it was time to do the titles change, in my opinion. Um, I think that the finish was was wonderful. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was smart. Having Asuka spit the mist onto her fingers and rub it in the eyes of Bianca Belair as Bianca has Asuka up for the KOD. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really smart stuff and really smart booking. Asuka gets the win. There's a little bit of doubt being sewed into uh, the, the finish. So Bianca still looks good, but she dropped her championship. She didn't get the Trish Stratus reign-beating record, but She's still uh, very strong in defeat. What do you think of uh, Asuka as champion? What do you think of uh, the match itself from Night of Champions, Afternoon Champions? Shout out to Bianca Belair and this title reign. Uh, there was, when it comes to match wise, largely hits. Some of the feuds were what they were. Uh, that I don't put that completely on her. It seems like they ran out of ideas with some of this stuff. And hey, let's feud with damage control for way too long. Um, you know, the, the Oscar, the Oscar feud was good, but they, they rehashed some, some stuff, uh, from the, the Sasha Banks feud when it came to, to Oscar, the matches though, for the most part, Bianca always delivered. Bianca was a fantastic champion, always looks like a star, always comes out, just, just comes off looking very good. Did a lot of PR for WWE as well. You know, a lot of champions mentioned like, it's not just show up to work every week. It's do the work when it comes to media promotions and events and things like that. Bianca did a fantastic job with that as well. So uh, yeah, just shout out to Bianca Belair and, and her reign. Cause I thought overall, when it comes to what you saw on screen, but also the off screen stuff, she did uh, a great job. Uh, I'm glad the title change happened though. It was time. Asuka as a heel is always great. Um, I, I like the match. The finish was good. People in the chat are mentioning the the mist in the eye thing. Yeah, she didn't do well with that. The you know she was like touching her eyes while it was on her fingers and stuff on the SmackDown previously. Uh, it's it's a weird dynamic there. Uh, the way she sells that, and I don't know if that's her what she's been told or if that's her decision. Regardless, should maybe do a little bit better job cleaning that up. But I did like the finish. I thought it was smart. I thought it was fun. Um, Bianca still looks strong. Asuka gets the title. I don't... Who's Asuka feuding with at this point? That, that could be a little bit... Because most of the people, unless we get hashtag bow down coming back in here, and she's going to be a baby face going with Asuka. Fans love that. Fans love when when Charlotte beats Asuka. Hey, 
they go crazy for that. Otherwise, I mean, Mi Chin, Mia, Mia Yim, like, is no, that who? No, you know who the, the big SummerSlam match, if it is still Asuka's champion, you do the breakup of Bailey and damage control. EO and Asuka is the match. So EO, babyface yeah. EO, I'm for yeah. that. I, I like that. That's big. They teased that a bit too with the last few months. There's a great opportunity for EO and Asuka to have a banger they, of a match. I agree, but do they break up now that Dakota is out for a while? Like that, now it seems like, are you going to actually break them up with Dakota not being part of all that? Yeah, I could see her just being like, I, I side with EO. I mean, I was brought in with EO. I'm not Bianca. I don't know. They're, I'm not Bailey's friend. I don't know. I, or it could be a split them up for now, and then Dakota comes back and, be, and is like, what the hell happened? Tries to get everyone back together, but she picks a side. They still stay split up. There's another side of this, too. It's like there, there are only so many women you can do. You've got a women's tag team division. You've got a women's solo division. You've got money in the bank. I'm more just saying, like, there are only so many women you can pick from. Shotzi is another one. Yeah, Shotzi will, was the other one I was kind of kind of looking at. Tamina will probably get a title shot at this rate, which is not a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> I like it because, you know. Uh, and then they'll probably run back Zelina as a con- title contender. But my point really with Money in the Bank was that you have so few women to do both Money in the Bank and a title shot. Does Bianca come back in time for Money in the Bank? Does she challenge Asuka at Money in the Bank for the women's championship, or does she enter herself in Money in the Bank, winning a uh, winning one of those matches, one of those qualifiers? What's the you know what's what's the road for Bianca if she's even a part of Money in the Bank? Which I assume she is. I would assume she'll be part of Money in the Bank in some capacity, whether it's the match or she gets a rematch against Asuka. What about Alexa Bliss? What's she up to? Well, what are they doing with her. That's a good question. There, she had new gear made, so, and she showed it off. So, she is a free agent. She's undrafted. She could show up and challenge. She'd have to be a babyface to take on Oscar. Could work. I don't love it. There's, there's history with Alexa and Oscar. There is, yeah. The uh, the Kabuki Warriors taking on Alexa and uh, Nikki Cross once upon a time at WrestleMania, PC WrestleMania. There have been other other stories revolving around those four, so there is an opportunity there. Uh, What's the I, biggest story with Oscar and Alexa Bliss, Joel Pearl? Yeah, I don't remember if you're about to tell me. There were women's tag team champions. Oh, she was tag team champions with everybody. Oscar's there were tag, tag team. There, there were women's sh- tag team champions for five days, Joel. How do you not remember this that's, historic run insane, that Alexa funny. Bliss and Oscar went on? Their five-day title run. I do remember this because I think that is also the longest women's tag team championship run they've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were five-day champions, Joel. This is this is a great. One of the best runs we've ever seen with the women's tag team titles. There's a good story there with Alexa and Asuka, should they choose to say it. Or, yeah, tell it, I guess. Not say it, but should they choose to tell it. So there is now a shift in the women's division on SmackDown, which is good. It feels like the women's division is going to open up a little bit. It Bianca went through all the challengers. Now Asuka has a chance as the heel to cheat to win, do her thing, hopefully tell a different character, a different character story. I look forward to that. Uh, 
And I'm, I'm antsy to see what they do with Bianca, because like you said, she does show up to all of those media appearances. She does do a lot of the community stuff. If they're going to go to London, they're going to go to the UK. Guess who's going to be there first and foremost is Bianca Belair. She's going to be there. She's going to be a part of things and be good. So, uh, uh, this is, this is another, another good change of, uh, of titles for, for WWE. Uh, Rhea Ripley beats Natalia in 69 seconds. That's nice on Natty's birthday. No less. Cause woo. Bro, bro, bless Natalia. She goes there. She gets a nice paycheck. She has to work for 70 seconds or less. Nine, 69 seconds. 69. A- according to cage match, it was 70 seconds. That's so, just because cage match rounds up now. I'm making they, that. I don't, I'm yeah, I don't think that's, let's not, let's not someone, someone, someone was just like, I don't want to see a bunch of nice comments in the, in that match. <laughs> Guaranteed. Someone was just like, "No, it's sixty. It's not sixty-nine. It's seventy seconds." Regardless, it it was sixty-nine or seventy seconds. It was less than ninety seconds of work. She gets a nice paycheck. It's her birthday. I, I assume Tyson Kidd uh, traveled as well. She gets to spend it with her husband. Natalia's got the gig, man. She's got the gig. Like that's good work, good money. If you can get it, bless her. Who agented that match, and why do I think it was him? Why do I think it was DJ? Look, good on him. Again, good on her. That's the dream right there. Of course. get Getting paid that much, going on a little vacation. Get paid that much for 70 seconds of work. No All TJ. No TJ in Saudi, at least on the producer's list. Yeah. Jason well, Jordan did that match. Okay. Did he do any other matches because that thing was so short? He did the main. He did it with Michael Hayes. Okay, so he was busy. Uh, anyway, listen. Yes, bless her. Absolutely. Natty going, getting the bag, and putting over the SmackDown Women's Champion is a good piece of work. She can now buy a new cat, and then she could buy that cat a Louis Vuitton house or its own house made of Louis Vuitton everything. Uh, or she could wrap the cat in Louis Vuitton, period. Dude, Natalia, I tweeted this. Natalia ain't won a singles match since February of last year. She got this title match because she said, hit my music. And she just got her title match, which. That's some go- awesome. That's some boat level stuff. Yes. We should all aspire. I, I've said this before. Dolph Ziggler wishes. He was Natalia. Wishes. Dolph Ziggler comes out here, complains. It should have been me. Blah, blah, blah. Dolph Ziggler's out here getting chopped to death by Gunther. He's getting, he's bumping around, getting tossed around and everything. Still losing. Can't get any type of real opportunity. Natalia's just like, I ain't got to win. I ain't got to wrestle. Hey, man, play my music. Give me my shot. I'll lose this match. You know what? I'm probably still going to be a money in the bank. I'm probably still showing up to London to be in Money in the Bank. And I ain't got a bump in that either. I'll stand there, base a little, be good, get another vacation out of things. Natalia truly is the boat of this. Bitch. Thank you. I've said this on other shows. My interview with Natty at Elimination Chamber in Montreal was very enlightening. Because it just... it it, it she knows 
what the feeling, the sentiment about Natalia is online. She knows. She does not give a flying you-know-what. She's like, I go out there. I bust my ass. I know what I'm good at, and I've been doing it for this long. And on top of that, like, she's training a lot of your favorites as well. Her and TJ are the ones who are training Liv Morgan and Angelo Dawkins and Ronda Rousey. And like, maybe you're not a Rosemary, but, you, but the point is she is taking part in the training of some of these, uh, some of these women and, and men. And that's a deserving accolade for her. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, I do love talking about my own interviews. Thank you, Kate. Uh, it was, it was just an enlightening experience because not only that, but she's really, really smart about this business. So yeah, she can show up, have a 69 second match. Nice. And what's to stop them from running it back at money in the bank and Natty just being dumb and being like, I could beat you and then getting beat again in a minute and a half. She, she loses in less time. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a race to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate it. Anyway, it was, it was exactly as it was. Good on Natty. Uh, Lesnar and Rhodes. I, no surprise, Lesnar wins. They put a lot into this match, a lot more than I thought they would. I thought it would be a very one-sided. Brock beats the nah, show. Cody, Cody wasn't going out like that. I wanted it to be that John Cena 2015 SummerSlam main event. That's what I wanted so bad. Uncomfortable. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing I think people forget about the John Cena SummerSlam main event Cena got way more hope offense in than I think people remember it was not just full on suplex 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 that was a 16 minute match it wasn't 16 minutes of straight up suplexes and everything Cena got a lot of hope offense it kind of was a little similar to the Cena match and Brock largely dominated Cody got his hope offense with the cast and everything but Brock never like really felt like he was losing this match. So people just have they remember the the Cena match because it, it seemed so uh, out of the ordinary for John Cena at that time, and they just think like, oh, this was just a prolonged squash. It was 16 minutes. You ain't doing a full on 16 minute squash match without some type of you know hope spot with John Cena. So go back, rewatch that match, and recall. Or and refresh that. Oh yeah, John Cena wasn't just completely maimed and destroyed in this match. No, and I never said that he was completely maimed and destroyed. Maybe I made it sound that way, but I did know that. Cena- oh, I think a lot of people do. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you were trying to be like Joel. You're absolutely wrong. You got it wrong. No, I, I am aware that there was back and forth in that Lesnar Cena match, but the point was there was an extended period at the end where Lesnar is just dominant and it's uncomfortable yeah. it's it's more the finish it's those last four to five minutes of the match where you're just like oh my god you can't do this any more brutally than you are doing it right now and that's kind of what i expected out of the finish we didn't quite get there but cody passes out in the kimura that's it cody loses in saudi brock remains uh he's something he's like a stupid number in saudi arabia he only has one loss in saudi so uh, there you go. Brock continues to dominate. Brock ain't going over there to lose. That's for sure. The winner's purse is bigger. That's right. That's right. He's <laughs> like, man. I need that extra cash from winning these matches. 
So they get a doctor out for Cody, or maybe they maybe they did. They they wanted a doctor to come out. How did he pass out from a Kimura? I think I actually said that he might pass out. I thought it'd be a guillotine because I think doing a Kimura and freaking pass out is dumb because that doesn't make any sense. That's that's why. Like it's a dumb submission to pass out from. It was and it is. I'm sure he'll come out and be like, I passed out from the pain because my arm was already you know broken or whatever. Um, but it doesn't make it better. It's, it was one of those things where I was like, there, there, listen, there are enough wrestling fans who are like, oh, okay. Passed out from the pain. Um, cause they a lot of just them a not, ref, just, just do a not. ref stoppage. Just do a ref stoppage. It's okay. And then Cody has an excuse of like the referee fucked on me and then he can come back stronger the next time. Instead, just passing out doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I do want him to do the referee fucked on me though. <laughs> I think it would be great. They should come out. They should just cut that exact promo. That's the promo he should cut on Raw. Is he, he gets Kamora the ref uh, stops the match. He comes out on Raw and he goes. So you know what I want to talk about? WWE Night of Champions. Got to the inflection with the voice. Brock Lesnar. My arm was already broken. I already had a cast on my arm, but I fought. I fought tooth and nail. I was tortoise and the hair against you. You got to tell the you know the nursery yeah, guys, yeah, the yeah, fables. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were the hair going as fast as you could, a hundred miles an hour. You thought you were gonna win this race. I was playing the long game against you, Brock Lesnar. And I was going to catch you just like I caught you at WWE Backlash. And I was ready to survive everything you threw at me. And then the referee fucked on me. And that's it. This ends the promo right there. I think it's more likely that Jericho is going to cut a promo like that on Aubrey on Wednesday. But that's just me. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so that was, that was Brock and Cody. Brock and Cody is a curious case going into Money in the Bank and, and then SummerSlam. There are a couple of ways you can play it. I don't like the idea of Cody being in Money in the Bank and then Brock costing him Money in the Bank. I don't like the idea of Brock being in Money in the Bank and Cody costing him Money in the Bank. I don't like the idea of Cody versus Brock 3 at Money in the Bank. Winner gets to go on to the ladder match later that night. I don't like that either. I just want to do Cody versus Brock 3 at Money in the Bank. Stipulation promo, that's it. I don't know what, though. I don't know what the stipulation Fight is. Fight but pit. We've talked about it before. I don't hate it. You can Now you open up a submission match again because the last two matches ended in a submission. Oh, pin from the first, but out of a submission, and then a submission finish there. So you could, you could do Fight Pit. Fight Pit makes sense, but so does a submission match where Cody has to come up, come up, quote-unquote, uh, with some sort of submission for Brock. I don't think Brock's going to tap out to the figure four. He's got to do something different. What about I quit? I quit makes sense because Cody definitely didn't say I quit. You could do that. Uh, yeah. they. Well, I don't think they want to do last man standing. They've done a lot of that. No, I'm sick of that match. Yeah. Although I got to say, they did a really good job of it last night at uh, Battleground. They did. That, that yeah, drag no, I, Dijak match. Whew, so much fun. Love the finish. I don't really like that match. I'm I'm okay. for I quit. 
yeah. And do they? And then everyone's going to be like, what if they do the Rocket Mankind 1999 finish from the Rumble? Everyone's going to use that as like their hot take for that match if they do it. I haven't done that in a while, that voice recording, I quit type of thing. It seems like most of the I quits are just like, say you get Brandy involved, Brock's going to snatch Brandy from the crowd be like say you quit and brandy's gonna be like don't do it just let him beat me up i don't care brandy's baller like that man she doesn't care about that she's gonna protect her man bless her love brandy Rhodes. yeah i don't want to do that again we did that with edge and uh, beth yeah i know that seems to be like the they, they like to go to that trope a lot of like i'm gonna force you to quit by beating someone up that that you love and, and go from there. He's going to snatch QT out of the crowd. Then Cody will say it. He's like, oh, not QT. Please, anybody no. but QT. No, you know, he'll grab his mentor, Diamond Dallas Page, WWE Hall of Famer. And then it'll be DDP gets beat up by Brock Lesnar. And meanwhile, DDP is like, bro, 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 don't do this, bro, don't do this. Cody bro. should pull out the clock on him and then just go from there. Call that back. Just right when the bell rings, he's just he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just puts his hands up like the rock. He's like, you know what? Someone told me a long time ago, if you're about to get carjacked, you can either let the guy jack your car or you got another option. And I'm going with option B. And he's like, what do you say, Brock? What do you say? Let's say that's PG, right? <laughs> Let's say some gangsters dissing your fly girl. You just hit him with one of these. Uh, it's a Simpsons reference, Kate. You'll get it eventually. Sammy Zane, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Sokoa for the tag titles. Uh, cinema, Jeremy. Cinema. Jimmy Uso super kicking Roman Reigns. They're yelling, Joe, Joe, oh my God, Joe, no, don't do it, Joe. Because Joe's Roman Reigns' real name. And then, of course, Jay just having PTSD the entire time from literally every single time someone has snapped on Roman Reigns. My name Joe. Oh. That's good stuff. Jay, Jay really did a great job in the finish of this match. Uh, Sammy at the end getting the pin on Solo and then taunting Roman from the winner's perch on the top rope. There was a lot of good stuff, a lot of really good visuals. Match was fine. There was Roman just being a piece of shit heel and... Again, there's so much you can dissect from it. Um, I think, honestly, this is... Yeah, someone mentioning Sammy doing the ring announcing in Arabic. He comes back. He comes out in the... Um, I'm going to mis... I'm go- I know I'm going to mispronounce it. Was it Dishdasha? I think it was Dishdasha. The, the, the guard. I'm going to trust you on this, yeah. Yeah, and he comes out and he's he's just, he's dressed. His people are, are loving him, cheering for him. They cheered, his, cheered him at the press conference. This was a big moment for Sammy, and he's had a big year. And I will take Saudi Arabia out of the equation for a minute, and I will just put in Arabic people, Arabic culture. For him, I think that was what was most emotional for him. The Saudi, the Saudi Arabia thing is something I think we, as North Americans, talk a lot about, and it needs to be talked about what's going on, what, what is or isn't going on over there. But with Sammy coming out and and being able to do everything that he did for his culture and for representation of the people that he is passionate about, doing you know making Umrah and they did the same thing with with Ali. They showed that those 
opportunities are big for they're big big for people like Sammy. And they're big for people like Mustafa. And he comes out and he does the ring announcing in Arabic. And like you could see it on his face. This is a moment. And you know, I love that Kevin Owens is really playing supporting role to his friend. He's there as his tag team partner. And everyone's like, oh, how long until KO turns on Sammy? No, I think this was really just KO being being the friend, being the brother who's just like, all right, this is your moment, but I love you, so I'm here. I thought it was really good. Um, I, so I, I really I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the emotion around it. I love that Roman, as Sammy was giving the Arabic introduction, is just like, what the hell is this guy saying? I that was oh, just perfect heel work. He get, does one of these to the referee the back end <laughs> during the match. There was great stuff. I enjoyed this match. Uh, what What did you think about the tag title match? What did it go as you expected? I mean, Usos coming into me felt like it was going to happen, but talk to me about the match. What What did you think? Roman is so good as as this just heel dickhead. Um, I wanted him to put the belt on Sammy at Elimination Chamber. I thought that was the right moment, the right time. And you know, one of the arguments was, well, Sammy can't work Saudi. And my argument to that was, well, they can take the title off of him at WrestleMania for Cody. Like, just do this moment. Sammy doesn't need to be a long-term champion. Do this moment right here. You got it. Pull, pull it. Go for it. You ain't going to get this moment back. Come to find out Sammy can work Saudi, or he will work Saudi. Come to find out even more, this is the most over man in Saudi Arabia. So, they should have put the belt on Sammy at Elimination Chamber, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't know if they, they, like, you got to rewrite the whole story of it. I understand that. I do think some of the parts don't need to fully change, because it's still Bloodline, Usos, and Sammy being right. It's just Sammy's the world champion. Cody would be the one who would sort of have to take a back seat and you got to figure out what you're doing with Cody at that point. But whatever, Cody Rhodes ain't that important compared to Sammy Zayn and the bloodline stuff right now. Um, I love Roman as his character, though. Going back to Montreal when I was still fully on Sammy winning, but Roman, like, blowing him the kiss uh during the introduction in montreal and then talking shit to his wife and everything he's so good and even here when yeah sammy's talking in uh arabic and he's just like what are you doing dude like what is this can we just what what's happening like roman is he's so good as his character the the memes that this man creates with his facial expressions everybody loves the memes those are on good match i thought roman and solo were gonna win just because i thought it was like yeah sure just for the, have for the lulls you want the yeah. lulls, I get it. <laughs> yeah, but I like that Sammy and Kevin won. I like that Sammy is being proven right in all of this. I love the promo on Friday when, when Sammy and Kevin were firing up the Usos and Jimmy's like, I am the tribal chief. And then Roman has to come out and Sammy's like, you're crumbling and it's all your fault. Like, it is your fault that this is happening. And then they hold the belts up and Jimmy doesn't do the acknowledgement. And then here... Yeah, Roman is always just in Jay's face because he knows he can manipulate Jay and Jay will back down. But then you got Jimmy, who's nobody's bitch, who's like, nah, I've seen this too much. Like, this has gone on too long. And he's he's doing the super kick, the first one. And then to prove that wasn't no accident, that wasn't no spur of the moment thing. And he just got caught up in the heat of the moment, gave him the second one. Love that. 
uh, the Joe stuff. What that? Oh, let's break the wall. This is real. This is how this is cinema. Eh, fine. Um, but the whose side is Jay on? Because he still looked conflicted. Jay's just being played by so many people. And maybe the end story here is Jay. Maybe Jay finally mans up on everything, and he's the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. Maybe Roman beats Jimmy, because it seems like that's where we're headed now. Roman beats Jimmy, and then Jay is the guy who finally, it comes full circle for him, and he is the guy who, after all of these years, got the balls to step up to Roman and not be the right-hand man and actually defeat Roman Reigns. Maybe that's the end story here. They, they got they got ways to go for it. I will say after Mania, it, the Bloodline story took a hit. It seemed like Cody was the right moment. Done a good job picking it back up these these last couple of weeks with it's at the end, it's still all about the bloodline. It's good that Sammy and Kevin are still a little bit part of it. I do think Sammy's been proven right in all of this. And I still think Sammy should be the one who ultimately wins, not Jay Uso. So I want to go back to what you just said about maybe Jay's the guy to pull up. Now, at that, I, I, again, I've said this. I've said this once on the show. I'm going to say it again. At the fabled bottom of the third inning press conference post WrestleMania, where Roman Reigns really went off on a diatribe, someone someone really asked him about like what what is the end game, and he really said, "This ends with me elevating my family." That when Roman Reigns is gone, when he's done. It's going to be someone from his family who takes the reign from him. It is succession. It is that that mob boss story. I, I, if, if that's the way that it ends with Jay, Jimmy, or Solo walking out with the Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship, beating Roman Reigns, then, then the story makes more sense than it did with everything we've said about like should have been Cody, it should have been Sammy, it should have been Drew, it should have been so on and so forth. It, it makes the most sense if it turns out to be a member of Roman's family that wins and beats him and casts him aside, casts him out. Because this whole storyline, I've said it once, I've said it a billion times, this storyline is best when it's insular, when it's all family related. When you bring in an outsider going for the title, suddenly the story loses its luster. Sammy, it worked with Sammy because Sammy was acting as family. They were calling him Sammy Uso. He was not pretending, but he was being treated as if he's a member of the family. Now you have to tell the story and build to potentially one of those other men in the bloodline winning that title and becoming the guy. Don't know who that is, though. Doesn't feel like it's Jimmy. Doesn't feel like it's Solo. Jay's been there since day one, ish. 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 <laughs> so that's kind of my feeling about this whole thing is that every time you've added a a outsider to the to the story, it's always just kind of fallen a bit. Everyone focuses on the title, and it feels like you have to break apart the family while you're going for the title. There's like a weird. Just like it's a puzzle to get Roman to fall. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next, which is something I haven't said in a little while with Bloodline Story. 
But uh, after after Night of Champions, after Afternoon of Champions, you know the two the two questions that persist with this particular story is Sammy and KO go back to Raw. I assume they're going to do Judgment Day next, but who else is there? And what's next for the Bloodline? Is it going to be a Usos versus Roman and Solo match? Is it going to be the Usos trying to get their brother to come and join them? And the and and Solo is completely conflicted. Like, where are we next, Jeremy? Well, we got the 1,000-day celebration on Friday. That's going to be the next beat in this. And, you know, what seemed like was going to be this historic moment for Roman is now we have, you know, can Roman fully celebrate this after what happened at Night of Champions? Or how does he celebrate this? How does he manipulate things with Solo, with Jay? Again, Jay was conflicted. Does he tell Jay, like, put these belts around me? Like, you know, come here, join this celebration. You're still my guy. Like, put these belts around me. Let's 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 have a let's have a good good moment. Yeah, let's have a bonding moment again. Does Jimmy crash the celebration? How does Roman use this celebration to manipulate and gaslight his family? Because that's you know, that that's what he's been doing this entire time. Right. And this is another chance for him to try to do that. And that's what this celebration is going to be about now. Instead of being, hey, it's still going to be about Roman Reigns. It was probably always going to be about how the manipulation is. But now we know more of who he's trying to manipulate here. It's not just going to be a full on celebration of like Roman Reigns, 1000 days, everybody acknowledge me type things. Now we know who his target is. And now we know who might crash this thing and be like, I ain't cares about your thousand days. You ain't a thousand days without us. You don't get to this point without us. So looking forward to the celebration. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Paul Heyman's going to be there making cool faces and add into it with that. And it's going to, you know, call him this tribal chief and all this fun stuff and be good. Be a good moment. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to be, but it's going to be it's going to be a fun, a fun show on Friday at SmackDown. I think we'll see. Uh, in about uh, 15 minutes, Mark Hoke is going to join us from Mark Hoke Show. We're going to talk about Double or Nothing. We're going to talk about the press conference. We're going to talk about uh, TK saying nothing important uh, again and saying. We already talked about the press conference. I don't want to talk about the press conference anymore. I want to. I want to. I want to get a little into the weeds with. Oh, that's us uh, about the press conference. Nothing major though. Well, yeah, with Mark. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying I want to talk about it now with you. I want to say when Mark's here because he was there live, I wanted to hear that. I want to set the expectation that we will discuss this. I'm hosting the show, Jeremy. I'm sick. I sound like garbage. And I'm hosting the show. You're doing anyway. a great job. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to Double or Nothing. Before Mark joins us, we can at least tee up some of the conversation. Uh, overall thoughts on this show. It was another show that ended around midnight Eastern. It started at the buy-in was at seven 30. So what is that? It's about four and a half hours. It's a long show, long night of wrestling. How did you feel coming out of it? Uh, thought just general overall thoughts. We'll start there and we'll kind of dig in. I'm sure. It was a, it was a good show. I thought, you know, it, it ended strong. We'll say uh, it started strong. It ended strong. It was a large lack in the middle. Um, Orange Cassidy Battle Royal. Everybody loves Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy Battle Royals. Um, 
it's hit and miss. A lot of the the middle stuff can just be like, all right, let's just toss guys out until we can start telling stories with everything. And then once they got down to the, the final few there, they they did a, a better job with, with that. And then Orange Cassidy winning. I like I like the finish of that. Swerve is great. Um, yeah, I like that. After that, though, big downturn. Jericho and Cole, lack of intensity. I don't know who you want to blame that on. If you want to blame it on the feud, if you want to blame it on the fact that, you know, anarchy in the arena was coming up to close the show. So it's like, well, we can't brawl everywhere because they're going to do that and anarchy in the arena. So we just got to kind of stick to in the ring and blame it on Sabu, who was supposed to be an enforcer, but was clearly biased and on Adam Cole's side. Uh, Yeah, but that, that was kind of a down moment. And then it's an unsanctioned match and the referee stops it. It's like, you're not, you you're fine. AEW's not responsible for the death of Chris Jericho in this match. He dies. He dies. It's okay. Clearly, clearly Aubrey Edwards has love for Chris Jericho. She stopped the match. There's yeah. some bias going on there. I do want to add, by the way, I said this on Twitter. I'll say it again. Jericho once upon a time talked about how him and Kevin Owens had the number two slot at a WrestleMania where that, that's the death slot, right? You either want to be first so you can steal the show and set the tone or you want to be last because you're the main event. When you're number two, no one gives a shit. I think Jericho, because he was supposed to be on first, I think an audible was called because they knew that the finish was going to take the air out of the sails right away. And they just said, get it in, get it over with. Number two, Jericho, you know how this goes. And that's it. I think that that's, that's all it was. They did a ton of callbacks to the match with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole at uh, NXT way back. It was almost two years ago now. But That's uh, definitely the match you want to replicate. Well, that, and that's the thing. I was just like, you could see the callbacks. They do a bunch of the chains, but um, it was it was not the best match for sure. And I've said it once, I'll say it again. A lot of people think the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club is the blood and guts match. I think it's Jericho Appreciation Society versus Adam Cole and Friends Baby. Nah, I think you're wrong. Um, we'll see. I don't. I don't think they're going to do a five on five blood and guts match this year. I, we'll see. We we got a little bit of time. There's a lot of shows coming up be, between everything. We have an entirely new show to introduce probably before Blood and Guts. I'm talking about Collision, so we'll see. Um, the tag title match, it felt like everybody was just waiting for Mark Briscoe to get involved, and then once he finally did, things picked up. Uh, Karen leveling Aubrey with that guitar ruled. Uh, Wardlow and Christian was like, fine glad Wardlow was okay after the ladder snapped on him when he tried to leap onto it. The Swanton was uh, insane, but, you know, bless him for pulling that off. And Tony, Tony and Jamie Hayter was, uh, was what it was. Seems like Jamie Hayter's kind of legit banged up, and that's unfortunate. Now we got heel Tony Storm with the title. House of Black acclaimed. Biggest pop was a reference to Dominic Mysterio, so... There you go. Best in the business, baby. All right. I know. So like all of that portion was just crowd was just kind of there. We'll talk to Mark about the, the live reaction to all of this. I know you're very fired up about the Statlander and Cargill stuff. So I'm going to lead way to you, Joel. Make some enemies here. Okay. With the benefit of hindsight, I see what they were doing. I see what what Tony, what AEW was trying to do by having Stat come out and win the title. 
in such short order. That being said, if your hot babyface return is a no-build title swap after the heel has a a very tough, grueling match, which for Jade, this was one of her more, you know, busier matches. Why? Why didn't you give this a week to build? Why didn't you give it three days to build? I don't like setting up a heel to lose their championship because their mouthpiece got them in shit. What's it going to be? What, she's going to take out Mark Sterling and be like, screw you. And then Layla Gray is going to lay out Jade Cargill. She takes a break, comes back as a babyface. Sure. Okay. I think stat winning could have been a much bigger moment. And if Tony was just booking for that one random pop, I didn't like it. I didn't think it needed to happen here. I really think you could have had Jade just be like, we'll take on anyone, anytime, open challenge, Wednesday night. There is nothing wrong with having her show up, with having Stat show up on Wednesday night as a big surprise and winning the TBS championship there. That would have been a, a just, I don't know, just would have been something else. Or at least have Stat come out at the, at the ramp and be like, I'll beat your ass on Wednesday. I don't know. I just feel like you come out and you have the champion lose her title. Just kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's not, it didn't work for me, brother. I'll do you one better. Sure. Cool. I, I got mixed thoughts on it. One, the moment worked. So if you're going to play the, like, did it, did it work? Was it, um, you know, did the, the live crowd reacted to it? It got the reaction it needed from the live crowd. And so in that respect, you could say like, well, it worked, right? Here's what I would have done with this. Here's what I would have done. I wouldn't have done Jade and Taya. I wouldn't have done it on this show. Maybe do it on, maybe you should have done that on the Dynamite before. Same stipulation. Maybe you should have done it on Rampage. You got a good match for Rampage there. I don't even remember what was on Rampage. You could have done it on Rampage, right? Jade still comes out on this show. She says, why am I not booked on this pay-per-view? I'm the biggest star and this company. I deserve to be on this pay-per-view. Do the open challenge. Do the Statlander return. Statlander still wins the belt right there. And then you don't have, oh, Jade just wrestled a match against Taya. She's tired. Her manager screws her, screwed it out of her, whatever. There's no, there's no thing with Jade of like, oh, well, the heel just worked a match to the big baby face return. Could have done the same angle, except she didn't have to work the match. She could have just done the call out as I'm not booked. Why am I not booked? Give me some competition. Is it, I'm not booked because there's no competition. You know what? I don't care. Bring me some competition right now. And then you do it. You didn't have to do, because I think that's where people are down on this, right? Is she just worked a match and then her heel manager's doing the call out. There's ways you can go about this. Jade is mad at, at Mark Sterling now. Maybe she does come back as a baby face. She, hits Mark Sterling. She comes back. She's now a baby face. She turns on him. Like you cost me my title type of thing. Okay. They needed to get out of the undefeated streak. This thing had gone, gone too long. There, a lot of the feuds had just kind of been there. It was pretty obvious who she was going to, she was going to win these matches and everything. So I, I like that they got out of it in this way, but I think you still could have gotten that pop with the Statlander return without the negative. If you want to call it that the negative of Jade just wrestling and then the big baby face comes in and wins. But okay. the, the pop Sorry. worked. It's a good moment for Chris Statlander. She's back. Happy to see her back. And 
Now we'll see what happens with Jade in the fall from this. So I see someone in the chat being like, couldn't disagree more. Pop was awesome. Can I just put this out there? Stop just waiting for the pop. Stop just expecting that the pop is enough. Just for once in your friggin' lives, think beyond the pop. Think beyond what happens next. Wow. No. Yes. All, all about no, the pop. Stop it. What happens when we're out of pops, Jeremy? Remember that conversation? You don't run out of pops. You're going to run out of pops. No, we're not going to run out of pops. But my point you is. never run out of pops. I know you never run out of pops. But my problem with that is that I don't want to work to the pops. I want to work to the story. I want to see a story develop. I want to see a story come out. I don't want to see a pop for pop's sake. The rest of the you know, show was what it was. So you know, you know why people work for the pops, Joel, instead of the story. Because the because pops. pop, you just grab the can and you pop it open real quick, and you get the immediate satisfaction of the pop. A story, you got to read and you got to invest time into that. And don't no one got time for all that. I want to grab my can. I want to open it up, pop it off. And get that immediate, the immediate satisfaction of the pop. I don't feel like reading. That's dumb. Reading takes too much effort. Takes too much effort to write these things. Takes too much effort to read the full book. No, just give me my pop. Baby, give me my pop. (laughs) All right. Speaking of pops. From KDWN 101.5 in Las Vegas. Host of the Mark Hoke Show. He's going to give us a big pop. Mark Hoke is here. How you doing, Mark? I'm okay, guys. I, I know you were talking about the press conference last night. And yes. if you didn't see it, there was a world champ that kind of said some bad things to me. I got friends, man. I got oh, my hacksaw Jim Duggan autograph two-by-four that I'm going to bounce off his head if he says that to me the next time I see him. Let's go. Type. I didn't know that was I didn't know there was a third type of diabetes, but apparently MJF has unlocked it. No, and you know, here's a, the you know, it's funny. Sorry, I'm adjusting there, but the funny part is, is that you know, I had blood sugar problems a long time ago, and that went, that's gone. Now, blood pressure, if you'd have gone there, yeah, you got me. Fat, yeah, I'm a little chunky, but I actually lost 14 pounds last month. So, you know, Max, yeah. he, he better be ready. I wrestled in high school, you know. I've, I, I, I know how to do a headlock takeover. So <laughs> you can take him, Mark. You can take him. I got Oh Jesus, no, he'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he'd kill me. So can you, you beat up Mark. Joel Pearl, Mark? Um, can you beat up Joel? Why would I beat Joel Pearl up? Why wouldn't you? You know, and, and by the way, your pop thing, I'm like right in the middle with you guys. I like I like to get the pop, but I also savor the satisfaction of the of the soda. You know what I mean? You you, you kind of go in the middle, and and Jeremy, I hope I hope you take care, better care of your wife on that, you know, with trying to get that pop and get out, then uh, you know, enjoy a little time a little bit, man. I take I take very a lot of a lot of storytelling. Uh, <laughs> what is what is happening to this to this show? It's because I've been I guys, this has been an amazing weekend, and it was so crazy here in Las Vegas, and. Dude, I'm running on fumes. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, between, you know, we, you know, I had Saray on the show last week and then it just went from there. I've been working the whole time. And then we did Jared on Friday morning. I edited that interview for three hours and then worked at the station. And then we had Night of Champions. We had, I mean, I had to, it's been nuts, absolutely nuts. So, yeah, you're getting Mark Hope with about four hours sleep. Congrats. Good work. 
are all on four hours sleep here. So, all right, let let me ask, what was the crowd like last night? Because on television, didn't always come across the best. Uh, Our pal who who works at Fightful, um, Righteous Reg, said crowd was hot pretty much all night. Uh, But again, didn't come across on television. You were there. You were in the arena. What was the crowd like? I, I thought the crowd was pretty good overall. I, there, there were a couple moments that it was a little, yeah, I think we everybody kind of got caught off guard at the end of the Jericho Cole match just because I think we didn't know what happened. You know, I mean, it, all it was was Cole was pounding on and pounding on, and all of a sudden the match got stopped, and everybody was kind of like, huh? So I think that was, that was kind of rough. And the Jamie Hayter match, I think kind of slowed everybody down a little bit too, because we, you know, we were expecting Jamie to come out and, you know, get the, you know, get her big pop and everything. And it didn't really happen. So, you know, we're watching just get beat up and all of a sudden she loses the title. So that was something I don't think anybody was really expecting. So those were kind of some of the slow moments that I remember from last night, but generally through the night, everybody was having a blast and, you know, it was an exciting atmosphere in a T-Mobile last night. It really was. Coming out of uh, or going going into the show, I should say, other than Anarchy in the Arena and the Pillars Four Way, was there a match that a lot of people were kind of talking about, getting excited about that you uh, overheard? Uh, the Adam Cole match. I think everybody was pretty excited to see Adam Cole and Chris Jericho go. Uh, that was one that I think people were anticipating pretty well. Um, let me let me just run it down here real quick. Uh, you know, I was pretty excited about the trios match because, you know, the hints and everything that I saw, I knew that uh, the acclaimed were going to be coming out. So that was going to get pretty crazy. Uh, and other ones they were really talking about. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say those were kind of the the big ones, to be very frank. But there were a lot of matches last night that I think I really, to me, were shockingly good. Uh, you know, I, I got on Bleacher Report this while you guys were talking and looked at the reviews there, and I said to myself, wow, what were those guys watching? Because, you know, generally, I everybody came out of there thinking, man, this was a great, great card last night. So, I think the, the way it closed helped. I mean, for the people watching at home, again, the audience, I don't know if it was a miking issue, whatever it was, but after really starting with Jericho and Cole, kind of a dead period until the Statlander Came, uh, came out and won the the TBS title, and that was a big pop. But let's go to to Anarchy in the arena. Of course, they, they're fighting all over the arena. What is the live experience with that? And then, look, we got to address this. This band, this band that was live playing Wild Thing. Did that ML, MLW underground artists, Violent Idols, Jeremy Lambert? If you oh. if you say so, if you say so, Joel. What what was the how did that sound live? Because I got to say on television didn't sound good live. Everybody was going nuts. It actually sounded really good in the arena. Uh, people were, you know, when they, when they kept repeating the song, the pop, everybody was just popping for that. They were absolutely loving it. So yeah, yeah the, the match like the anarchy in the anarchy in the arena, uh, you know, last year too, I was actually sitting up a lot higher last year. So I could really see everything that was happening as opposed to this year. It was a little bit lower, so I couldn't quite catch everything that was going on. So, you know, I was watching the monitors. But, uh, you know, the the li- being at home is probably a little bit better for a match like that because you're getting the camera switches and you're seeing 
everything close up. Like, obviously, we're in the arena. We can't, other than looking at a monitor, we can't see what's going on in the concession stand. You know, so so that it, that you kind of lose that impact in there. Um, and depending where you're sitting, you 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 can't can't see. We couldn't see like Kenny Omega from where I was and and Moxley getting dropped on the barbed wire. We had to rely on the monitors for that. So that that match is a little tricky live, but but still the the atmosphere in there was just everybody's just oohing and on and cringing and yeah and you know it's it was a lot of fun. It really was. Was there any burnout throughout the night? I know you said the crowd was hot for most of it, but was there like a real a real low point at all? No, honestly, like I said, the Jamie Hader match was the one that everybody kind of slowed down. But it was it was a hot night in there. It really was. I think we all, like I said, you know, I was sitting with a lot of the media people, and you know, we all kind of walked out of there saying, "Man, that was an unbelievable night," and everybody was having a blast. So I I haven't seen the broadcast yet, obviously, but you know, maybe it's going to come off a different way. But you know, T-Mobile's a very loud arena too. They've got that set up pretty well. Uh, acoustically, uh, you know, I was in there for Money in the Bank, and uh, way back when, when Dean Ambrose won the championship, and that place just gets electric. And you know, it was it was a, a pretty fun night in there. I think everybody had a blast. I want to talk about the press conference and not okay. Let's MJF. talk about that press conference, shall not, we? Not fully I MJF. Was that Joel? Great question. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, You've you've done a few of these press conferences, right? With AW, actually, that was my first scrum, believe it or not. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I know if you're part of the the one last year. All right, so what is your mentality when it comes to these press conferences? Because some people are in case. Oh, you got Jeremy on a lot. Guys, for my terrible there. internet. There we go. We're back. That's okay. all right. All right. Uh, so that's a good pose. You look great. Uh, what is what is your mindset with this because um some people are doing kayfabe tony storm was just gonna you know be tony storm and be outcast tony storm and then mjf is obviously gonna be mjf tony or tony khan will answer some questions won't answer other questions like when you go into this press conference what is your mentality when it comes to asking questions when you're talking to the performers you really other than you know, like like I asked Orange Cassidy about how you know he's improved over the the past few years and and you know what he thinks his key to successes are and you can kind of get a question like that but for the most part with the performers you kind of have to keep it kayfabe which you know I, I've found since I've been doing this um, it's really difficult to interview wrestlers sometimes because you're you're going back and forth between talking about a fictional character and then talking about the person too. So when you're, when you're dealing with a a media scrum like that, you have to kind of stay focused on the story and getting into, you know, I I, I can't ask Tony storm about, you know, tell me about your personal life in in a, in an AEW media scrum, you know, it's not going to work. So you, when it comes to the performance for the most part, you can do that. Like with Chris Statlander, people are asking questions about her rehab and everything. So there's kind of a a little bit of a line that you have to maintain when you're doing that and realize you're talking about the event. So you're talking about, I mean, you know, we know it's fiction, you know, so you're talking about a fictional event that, that took place. So you kind of have to watch what you're, 
watch what you're asking there. And then as for Tony, um, that's interesting because there you can get into the reality of things. But, you know, I, I don't want to criticize anybody that was in there too much. But, you know, I, I got bugged about the same thing. Why don't you ask about CM Punk? And it's like, you know he's not going to answer the question about CM Punk. You know. So why even bother? Why waste the time? Um, I, I never like asking questions that you're – you know the answer is going to be yeah, just to get a no comment. I it, that just bores me to death. But I I did think there were some kind of weird questions last night. Uh, but you know, I, I guess I've been doing journalism for a very long time. I've been writing, you know, wrote for newspapers and stuff from back in the nineties. So I have more of a journalistic background than maybe some other people do in that room. So I've got a little more understanding of where you can go, what you can do, and how you ask a question. So it's it, it's tough. It, it really is. And I know a lot of people were were banging on Tony and banging on some of the reporters. But, you know, you're it, it's not easy to ask some of those questions when you're in that room. It's 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 a difficult spot. I call it the uh, the kayfabe vortex. <laughs> it, that's a pretty fair assessment. But, I, you know, yeah. but, but a lot of people were trying to get information about collision last night and um you know, and, and there were some good questions, but, you know, like I was going to ask you know, about, um, you know, what he's expecting to do with it. But then somebody started talking about it and he wouldn't give any answers. So I was like, eh, forget it. It's all good. Just do your thing, Tony. Just as clarification, was this your first uh, wrestling media scrum? Like, had you done a WWE one before? No, I, you know, we've been doing the show for about a year and a half now. So um, I didn't get to go to the WrestleMania one. I was at WrestleMania, but I didn't get to go to the press conference. Um, I did do the um, where they had everybody coming out for Raw, the Raw superstars before WrestleMania. So I did get to do some interviews there, but I didn't get to go to the press conference afterward uh, this last year. But yeah, so this is my first one. I, I and yeah, I got I got popped by MJF. Ouch! He's not gentle. No, he's not. I, so then I guess my follow-up to that is like you mentioned, you know, you, you've been around the journalism game for a little bit longer than some of the people in the room. How are you approaching your comments or your questions differently than someone who may be a little bit newer? This is, and this isn't me trying to get you to take a shot at anyone. This is more for anyone who maybe is, is more um, questioning the, the, the questioning styles of people mm-hmm. who are in that room. Well, I think one, you got to take your time and think about what you're going to say. Uh, it's, it's not, it's easy to just get something in your head and then, you know, blurt it out. But, you know, the first thing is organize your thought before you, uh, before you say something and then, and try to keep things somewhat open-ended to a point so that somebody can expand on something. You don't want, you don't want to say something like, well, you know, Jeremy, um, you're going to get a haircut today. You know, I, I, I think you're going to go get this style. It's going to look really good on you. What do you think? And then you're going to say, eh, no, I'm pretty happy the way it is, you know, and, and get it cut off. You got to give chance. You're trying to tell me I need a haircut. What? Trying to tell me I need a haircut, Mark. No, I think you're a sexy man, buddy. We all know this. Come on. I'm married, Mark. I'm married. <laughs> my wife, my wife is texting me asking me if you would drag a comb across your head, Jeremy. So you know, no, 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 no. That's his style, man. It is. It is. With the style. See, I used to. I, I used slept, to, Joel. I used to be able to do that too. That's what I said. I said everyone's tired. We're just coming yeah. to work where we are. 
This is my disheveled. This is my day after AEW pay per view look. Oh, uh, dude! I, yeah, I, this well, this weekend is was unreal. I, it, it, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if AEW makes any adjustments to their schedule uh, next year because, in to be very frank, I thought it was kind of crappy at WWE to try to muscle in on Memorial Day weekend because, to be very honest, I think that it made this weekend hard for wrestling fans to you know put us in a spot where we had to pick and choose and you know being here in Las Vegas there's oh my god there must have been 14 indie cards going on you've got you got double or nothing and now we've got two WWE events that we've got to keep an eye on too I think I watched night of champions at nine o'clock on Saturday night I didn't enjoy that that wasn't that was not fun. I I would have preferred to have been able to see it on another weekend. So I'm I'll be curious to see if Tony makes any adjustments to what he's doing here. But you know, I they really should have left that weekend alone. I mean, I'll, I'll push back a little bit with uh, the the talk of running Vegas on Memorial Day weekend. We had Andreas Hale on the show last week, and in our preview, he was of the mindset that running Memorial Day weekend in Las Vegas is almost detrimental to wrestling fans because of the cost of everything going out to Las Vegas. Shop around guys that I'll say that if, if you, if you go down to the strip and and it's a problem, I think that we're having here just in general, that the costs of things on the Las Vegas strip are going up and they are getting away with charging some ridiculous prices at times like the, the Formula One race that's coming here in November, they're charging two thousand dollars and stuff for rooms. It's ridiculous. Like if you have the a view, because if you don't know the race is going to be run on the strip and behind it, and if you have they made some agreement with F1 that if you a room faces where the track is going to be running, they're jacking the price up on those rooms. And they're doing this kind of stuff all the time. It's not like it was back when I was younger where, you know, you come out and get a, a $4.99 buffet in a $20 room and off you go. It's it's a way different dance here now. So I would tell everybody that if you're coming out for events here, there's a lot of great hotels off the strip, um, you know, Fremont Street, but all around the city that you can take advantage of. Because if you go to the Venetian and the Bellagio, you're going to get hit pretty hard. It's, you know, it. it but, but coming here from Memorial Day weekend, one of the great advantages of it is there's so much going on and we can handle it here. So, you know, there's there's pluses and minuses to it. And I get what you're saying. I just realize that, I mean, pretty much anywhere you go, you're going to hit Memorial Day pricing. But, you know, shop around or you know, drop me a line at Mark Oak Show you know, on Twitter and I'll be happy to help out. And by the way, I'll I Uber too. Mark will be your travel agent if you're going to Vegas. So with the discount on, on hotels and whatnot. What was the vibe like for the, the Pillars match? Because the build was, for a lot of people, a, l- a little off. But then once the match started, everyone seemed into it. And by the end of it, everyone was definitely into it. But what were your thoughts, first off, on, on the match and the finish and everything? And then the overall crowd reaction uh, to the match. Well, I'll tell a fast story before I give my match reaction. Um, I do a lot of work with Future Stars of Wrestling here, which is the top indie promotion in town. And just so happened, I popped over there Saturday morning. The guys that were in that match actually went over and used the FSW facility on Friday night to put that match together. 
they, uh, I think MJF and Darby got there around eight. And then I think it was, I think Sammy got there about eight forty-five, and jungle boy got there like right after that. They were there until two in the morning working on that match. So they were there for six hours putting that thing together. And I thought it showed they, everybody was really enjoying that match. There were some cool moments. It was, and I was a little torn on a few points in there because I'm one of those people that hates those coordinated spots that you can just tell it. And that, you know, we're, you know, I'm doing the punch here and then you do the punch there and you kind of go in the circle and all that kind of crazy stuff. Those kind of things, I'm there, you know, or one person's jumping on five guys. Those have never been my kind of thing in a match. So that threw me off a little bit, but people were absolutely enjoying. I mean, they were laughing at po- the points they were supposed to. I mean, those guys did a great job throwing it together and, and everybody got a kick out of it and, and was, they were pretty heavily into it. It was, like I said, the whole night people were just enjoying the show. And, you know, they like said the main event was just, um, you know, it was pretty phenomenal. And when you think about how, they put that thing together and made it flow and, and it could have been so chaotic. I was very impressed with what they did. And I think a lot of people were too. Final thoughts from uh, double or nothing and the overall live experience from you, Mark, whether it be the show in general press conference, just everything that went into last night. I thought overall it was a great night. Uh, you know, I, I, I see where people could have some, bones to pick with it, especially if you're seeing it on TV, but at the arena, everyone enjoyed it. Uh, Chris Statlander coming out was to me, the biggest moment of the night. And it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. Uh, you know, does Jade move on or, and, and she starts maybe challenging for the world championship or do they let her and Chris fight it out for a while? But she was incredibly humbled at the press conference that she had gotten that chance and that she was back in the ring after all that. Um, but otherwise, man, I'll tell you, there's going to be some fun storylines coming out of this. And I, th- I think people are going to enjoy EW programming coming up as we move forward, uh, coming out double or nothing. I, you know, it was just a great show. And uh, I, and I, I would encourage everybody, if you can get out here for this, you'll have a, a wonderful time. It, you know, Vegas, you know, we know what we're doing out here and, yeah, you know, T-Mobile's a terrific arena to watch a watch a wrestling event. Here's the big question. Yeah. Who is going to be the first wrestling company to run the sphere? Ooh, that's a good question. For those that don't know what the sphere is, Tony uh, Khan certainly didn't. Yeah, he <laughs> <Yeah>. didn't. <laughs> you know, I it's funny because I drive I, I do Uber as well, and I've seen that thing get built from moment one. It, it's a giant basically a giant ball that, and that's my daughter back there, by the way. Hi, Amanda, we're live on TV. You want to say hi to everybody? I'm busy. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> no, no interest in that. Unbelievable. Uh, but, uh, but it's, 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 owned by, it's owned by Madison square garden and it's going to be a giant amphitheater event center. I swear to God, it looks like a death star. It will be a prop in a movie at some point, some monster is going to grab it, go bowling for casinos or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But it's 
that would be an unbelievable venue. And, uh, you know, especially they, there's cameras all around the outside of it. So it's got LED lighting that they're going to be able to put whatever they want on it. Um, amazing thing. And I don't know how they fit it where they did. It's right behind uh, the Venetian. So it's it's kind of hooked into where the convention center is. But a wrestling event in that facility, God, you know, it's funny that I hadn't even thought of that. But, ooh, Joel, you're on it on that. Um, if I was picking who would probably do it, I would imagine, you know, I, I think AEW would probably go in there first. I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I've heard things about WWE not being super happy about SummerSlam when it was out here, but you know, who knows? That's that, that is kind of a WWE thing though, isn't it? To roll into some place like that. So yeah, we'll see. I was also just thinking, I, I forgot that Madison square garden has ownership on this. Well, first of yeah. all, Madison Sphere Garden is what they should call it. But also, the idea that MSG, who is a WWE like partner, would probably want WWE to try and run that space if it's if it's feasible. Because I think it, they said it's like twenty thousand standing. So once you add seats, it's probably about seventeen. Is that like is that good enough? Or what kind of show can you run there? Um. Yeah, it's. Uh... I'm sorry. I'm trying not to die laughing because Amanda, I'm live on a broadcast. I want my cat. She wants her cat. I get it. Oh, it's Memorial Day weekend, guys. What can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, I think it's very feasible. I think it's very feasible to run in there, and I could only imagine what WWE would do. You know, especially with, with the way it is on the outside too, with the lighting and so on. Man, that would be that would be a lot of fun to to see a WWE show in there. And yeah, I, I think it would be very feasible to, to have a WWE show in there for sure. So good, good question, Joel. Got to see it. I saw I give you, I give you, I, you have one point ahead of Jeremy at this point. Nice job. Oh, that's fine. Joel's much better at hosting this and, and doing all this than I am. I'm, I'm tired, tired, Mark. I would just answer a great question. Can't comment. Just, Great question, Joel. I don't know what the sphere is. Can't really comment on that. That's interesting. Yeah, t- yeah, but take a look at it. Um, if you go online and search it, it's it's one of the most amazing facilities I think I've ever seen built. Yeah. And you know, it, it ended up the project ended up being about two point two billion dollars to finish that thing off. Jeez. Yeah, two point two with a B, not an M, a B. <laughs> and uh, you know, and you two, I believe, is going to be opening it. Uh, scheduled for September, if I remember right. That's when they're trying to get get in there to get it rolling. But yeah, that that would be an amazing place for a, a wrestling event for sure. UFC is going to run that thing first, and then we'll see how it rolls from there. It probably it will. Wrestling. Yeah, I think UFC is probably going to run it first. Mark, thank you for joining us this morning. I know it's early. I know you had a late night as well, so we really appreciate you stopping by on this show. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Well, just key on Mark Hoke show. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, if you haven't heard the show, uh, we are on uh, KDON 101.5 FM Las Vegas, uh, 8 to 10 on uh, Sunday mornings. And then the podcasts uh, go up on markhokeshow.podbean.com. And they're on all your favorite podcast outlets. Uh, Twitter is Mark Hoke Show. Facebook is the Mark Hoke Show. Website is markhokeshow.com. You kind of get the point. So, um, but we've been, we've been, uh, growing by leaps and bounds. It has been an amazing journey. And as 
Um, you know, we're going to be getting video cameras installed in the Kadon studios soon, which is pretty exciting for that. So hopefully we'll be simulcasting uh, in a little bit. And um, we've also got the YouTube channel too, where we're chopping up the show and putting all the segments up there and everything. That's Lamar Coke show. So, you know, please follow us. And there's a pretty good episode on there with a, a certain guy that's on the screen right now. And Joel, it's not you. Oh no! Don't don't watch the or listen to the episode with me. That's, yeah, you're uh, awesome. Oh, thank you, thank yeah, you. We'll I try to be more good. professional. Oh, thanks. I try to be more professional when I do radio spots, as you saw from our previous conversation before you on. I'm not professional on this show at all. I'm screaming about pops and, and soda and things like that. So, oh, that's okay. Well, we'll, we'll, spots, we'll get Joel on too sometime. And uh, don't do that. We'll, why? Do that. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I'd love to join. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Well, hey guys, but but thank you for letting me come on the show. I do appreciate it. And to everybody out there listening, I hope you'll check us out. We would certainly appreciate that. You know, myself, David Difference, and Brian Ronovich from Las Vegas Wrestling Scene.com would love to have you be part of the Mark Oak Show family. And Joel and Jeremy, thank you so much for uh inviting me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. We, we appreciate it. Go beat up MJF. Go find him. I'm sure he might still be out there in Vegas. Go go find him with that two by four and take it upside his head. Wait, you mean uh, this yeah. one? Just, yeah. Go get him. Yeah. He's, he's got a hurt arm, I think. So just smash it onto his arm. Make it really broken. Yeah, once, my, once I get done with the carpal tunnel syndrome, because that blew my Twitter up, by the way. I mean, holy cow. So, you know, it's, but, and, and real quick on that, it's funny because people were saying, oh my God, he's going to be so depressed and so sad. And I'm like, let's see, we got a hundred thousand views on one tweet that I, one tweet that I saw, you know, 80, 85,000 for the scrum. I'm like, yeah, um, I couldn't have done much better than that. So awesome. <laughs> Successful weekend had for all. <laughs> yes, right. Absolutely. Ask MJF a question, let him roast you a little bit. And then, you know, ratings. Views, yeah. whatever it might be. That one goes. Go. All right. Thank you, Mark. Get some rest. Thank you again for joining us. Everyone go check out the Mark Hoke Show. Uh, find it on podcasts. Find it on YouTube. Find it everywhere. Just search Mark Hoke Show. We appreciate it, Mark. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. I transcribed a Tony Khan interview that he did, and he reached out to me and was like, oh, thank you for, for doing this and promoting this and covering this and everything. And I kind of kicked off a, a little friendship with us. Yeah, so I've been on the show. Don't know why. Just... He invited me. You know, it's friendly when like they're inviting me on their their little radio spots, like real professional like radio spots that you know they they get real guests on, they get real wrestlers on. They're like, hey, do you want to come do a spot? I was like, uh, sure. I guess you're a professional person, Jeremy Lambert. Uh, do you see this hair? This hair is not. No, I do. People are people are asking about that. People in my people people in my circle are asking about that hair. It's all right. Why? Oh, because Who's asking of, you about my hair. My wife. Oh. My wife. No, it's fine. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks again to Mark Hook for joining us. This was this is a really good conversation. Really enlightening conversation. Uh that's fear. I'm telling you, man, that's gonna be a good show. When whoever gets to run the spear first, when Tony finally realizes where the spear is and what it is, he will want to get in on this. We did get a super chat from Caden a little while ago. Saying uh, Kenny Hangman, Ricky, and MJF looked hot. Thanks. Okay, bye. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, Caden. I, uh, I'm sure you did. Anyway, Caden is sending me pictures in my DMs. I hope they're appropriate photos. They're pictures of him, so no, they're not appropriate. 
my God. <laughs> anyway, um, what what do we have left from this show to talk about? I mean, there's plenty to talk about. Let, Anarchy in the Arena, the Four Pillars match, those were the top two matches, of the, the, the double main event, as it were. Nobody lost their minds over that, Jeremy. Why didn't people get angry? I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't understand Excalibur's like double main event. It's like, well, how can you have two main events? There's only one match that goes on last. So stupid. Let them call it double main event. Let them call it triple main event. Someone had a great reply because I did say, why aren't people angry about this? Of There's been five main events uh, across these two shows and the world title did not actually be <laughs> the main event in either of them. This is a great comment. That's a very good point. Uh, yeah, four pillars. I okay, good match, fun match, well worked match. I I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible. I found it hilarious that the way that they got Sammy cheered in the end was by presenting the announcement that he and Ty Mello, well Ty Guevara, I guess, are expecting. Which, by the way, I think that's wonderful news. Congratulations to both of them. It's it's a it's a cute way to bring back the cue card thing that Sammy used to do. Um, I just couldn't help but chuckle when I saw her come out, and I was like, "Now why is she wearing what looks like her old wedding dress? Oh, she's pregnant, isn't she?" And that's what it was. You know what? Got people excited, not them, and, and it got people's heartstrings, and that's fine. I just I had a good chuckle. I was just like, of all the things they're gonna do to get them to get them cheered, that's the one, and it and it worked. So. There's that. Uh, Jungle Boy. Wait, 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 wait. wait, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is the best way ever to turn people baby faces. All baby face turns should be pregnancy. Just fucking. That's how you turn baby face. Fucking. Well, it never worked for Miz. Because people are dumb. People are jealous of Miz. That's why. Miz did two pregnancy announcements at both times. People were like, yay, but also I hate you. People are jealous That's of true. Miz. That's why aren't they jealous of Sammy? Well, they should be. It's yeah. probably not going to work for Sammy either. <laughs> That's true. But this is the best baby face turn. You got to keep, keep hammering it home, but in like a good way. See, sometimes that's the problem when you have, you know, good looking wife. We understand this, right, Joel? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. If you keep hammering in this home of how, uh, how good, how good looking your, your wife is, people get jealous of that. It's like, yeah, I'm, this is my wife. I'm, she, she's going to have my babies and people get mad about that. So you got to do it in a, in a nice, easy way, right? You got to do it just like we're so happy. You got to talk about the family. We love the family here on In the Weeds and in the Fast and Furious universe. We love the family. So this is the kind of baby face that that we need. I'm all for America's favorite couple, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello. Congratulations to them. I love them. I think that they have been rudely criticized by people because they hate love and I don't understand it. These two young man and woman are in love. And I love them for that. Congratulations, Sammy and Ty. I hope everything goes smoothly in the coming months and years for you. Absolutely. It's uh it's a lot of fun and a lot of a lot of change when you got the kids. So uh Jeremy and I can both attest to that in different ways. And it's it's fun. Uh it's fun and it's challenging. So 
Sammy comes out. They announce the pregnancy. He gets the cheer. He comes out. Jungle Boy had come out earlier. People wanted to cheer him. They didn't do the big uh, Jungle Boy's turning. They kind of teased this little something with the belt and if he was going to use it. Uh, and then, of course, Darby is Darby. Darby doing the indie art house director film uh, where he commits a capital crime and gets away with it. <laughs> And then I think he killed the Elvis impersonator because he came out wearing the Elvis impersonator's clothes. That's the mystery. That's real cinema. That's nice. bloodline stuff. That ain't cinema. Darby Allen's making movies for his entrances. Hashtag for your consideration. Anyway, I thought the match was fine. Uh, Mark, the way that he just explained that they all went to FSW and spent four, was it four or six hours? Was it eight? Regardless, they spend an entire work day working on the match that that makes me feel two ways one clearly they are passionate about their craft nothing wrong with that however i don't like hearing that your match took that long to put together when there are so many stories of match being called on the fly ending up being that much stronger this is a different style of work match i get it a lot of spots a lot of working towards those spots a lot of intricate details being posted i like that that was fine by me I was just kind of like hearing that story. I was almost thinking to myself, like, that's a lot of time to be spending working on your match. I know you want to get it right. That's still a lot of time, Jeremy. It is, but it was a, I don't, I don't know. Intricate is the right word, but there was a lot of, they clearly wanted to put a lot into it. They wanted to make sure the timing was right on everything. They wanted to make sure, you know, you had a lot of tribute spots, you had a lot of callbacks and everything like that. You want to make sure all that stuff is is worked out. And I want to be fair to the performers of like, okay, they were there for eight hours. Were they doing moves the entire time? Did they break for dinner or a snack or anything like that? Were they just like working out the details of it? And did they talk elsewhere during it because i can fully believe that some people take like especially in these multi-man matches right like you want to make sure these come off really well um i don't know how many times these guys have worked like a a multi-man match to this level either oh gosh oh well he's not even here he's 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 like gone it's just it's it's his chair we just show his chair oh there he is oh yeah i made it i'm here Oh, Sean, no, we ran on. long because you weren't here yet. And so we were just like, well, we got to wait for Sean. Holy shit. Pardon the language. Hold on. Hold on. I've been saying worse. This is a run. What are we doing? I know it's a run in, but it's literally. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. What do we I, got? Don't, I don't have a fork yet. Okay. I was up late. Yeah, we all were. No. Yeah. You were so. up late. In the words of a methed out woman that I saw in the Maysville, Kentucky pharmacy line who wanted everybody to hear her phone conversation, Jeremy. I work for a living. (laughs) Unlike some people. I can't go to the Rite Aid. I work for a living. (laughs) There was nearly a fight at the Dollar Tree here the other day. Hell yeah. Yeah, parking lot, uh, Parking lot brawl almost spilled into the Dollar Tree. Somebody was very mad that uh, they got cut off in the the parking lot, and the the horns were honking, and they came in, and they were still yelling at each other. And uh, yeah, there's not not a good scene. Not a good scene. The wife was hiding, trying to avoid everything, and fortunately, it all got handled and stuff. The Dollar Tree man gets it's rough out here. 
I was hoping it was like a turf war, like maybe Family Dollar and Dollar General were over there, and okay. they were talking about what set everybody was rapping. And <laughs> got it. Hey, Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, General Dollar. General Dollar, does that exist? It still? I think so. General Pretty Dollar? Sure what? One. There's literally uh, around here, we have like a dollar, yeah, a do- family dollar, general. dollar tree, and then like right across the street is like a dollar general. Like yeah, it's, dollar they're general, literally across the street that. from each other. It, it's wild because that has become the preeminent dollar store, and I forgot it was called Dollar General. <laughs> we have Dollarama here. That's our best. Oh. Yes. The, the, the terrible little town that I lived in um, before I, I came here had nothing. It had a corner store. And literally within a month of me leaving, they finally got a dollar store. And I was a little like annoyed, like a little annoyed that it wasn't there when I was. But it's so funny because the guy who owned the corner store had heard about it and decided to sell his business when he heard the dollar store was being built. He knew he wasn't long for this world. He was savvy. He got out. You might say he knew when to fold him. He He did. Yeah, he He did. Another other other Vegas like casino analogies. Of course. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm I'm leaving now. Uh, I we're still friends despite that joke. But thank you. uh, (laughs) See you guys. Were you ever really friends? Bye, Sean. Ah, Good point. Yeah. Whoa. Great. Great run in from Sean. Glad he could make it too. We can talk dollar store. Speaking say, of dollar store, Jungle Boy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, Jungle. What? What is he a dollar store ripoff? Of? I don't know. That's why. That's why I didn't really have anything <laughs> off of that, and I was trying not to not to be mean. I should have gone. Speaking of dollar store, MJF with this Triple H reign. Uh, there it is. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Got it on that one. Uh, as far as you know, practicing the match, whatever. Like maybe they were eating eggs. For six of those eight hours, and again, like I'm not, this is just me like thinking on the fly. After Mark had told us that story, that's like the first thing that jumped into my head. Is just like that's all the time to spend on a match. But here I am. I enjoyed the match, you know. So no, nobody really loses in this case. It was a well wrestled match. It was a good match, and uh, MJF winning with the uh, the stupid takeover again, the headlock takeover. <laughs> Kind of it got listen it it, it laughed I, I popped I laughed it was good, uh, and then what did you think of MJF in that going back to the presser making the remark about seven percent of the fans being Twitter fault did you believe that shit or are you thinking it's more like seventy five? No, it, it's like it's, like, it's <laughs> a very large chunk of AEW's fan yes. base. I feel like is uh, on the on the Twitter machine there. MJF is hilarious in these press conferences absolutely hilarious his comments on new japan he's like indie fed like what like i don't want to wrestle i gotta work that show oh like great okan that guy pops me i like him right indie indie fed nonsense the rest of it he's talking about does nick Khan want me sure does triple h want me sure calm down calm down tony it's okay maybe it's not it's so it's so good there was a lot of good stuff the one thing i really the one thing i didn't enjoy is just uh, if you drop too many f bombs, that takes me out of it. You yeah, know, he I get was it. fired I get up, it. and he was just dropping. You know, so, some things it was just like a little too much. But when you take out those criticisms, which are very just you know just skin surface, uh, the, there was he was really good. He was entertaining as hell. Good way to start it. 
the the press conference in my opinion he's anyway. he's very entertaining um to me i understand not everybody's cup of tea and sometimes not in my cup of tea with his uh promos on television and everything but when he's just rolling and riffing like that and tony khan's sitting there and he can make him uncomfortable and he just he gets the banter off of the reporters as well very good in those situations when he just gets thrown questions and he can just lob it and make fun of people or just answer however he's getting he's always been good in these interviews you watch these hawani interviews that he does and everything he doesn't do a ton of interviews but every interview he's very good He's very good at because he's he's quick, he's sharp, so it comes off well on on in these interviews and stuff. Well, the match was good. MJF winning, not a surprise. Pinning Darby Allen, pinning him the way he pinned him, uh, kind of a surprise. I think there's it, more. Though? I thought Sammy was there to take the fall. Honestly, I, I thought they were going to set up more with MJF and Darby moving forward, but I guess this can set it up and that. Hey, I beat you I again am. with the takeover. So exactly. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And also he had used, you know, the coffin drop on the belt to set it up. So there was enough going on that it made sense. So to me, it was like, yeah, you're setting up Darby and MJF continuing their story. However, they do it with Jungle Boy. Now the question is, what does he do? Is he going to be upset because he had his chance? He didn't take it. Now he's going to think more seriously about taking that opportunity to maybe cheat to win once in a while. Oh, and, and that'll start the turn. And for Sammy, Sammy's now on a new journey. Because they did the whole pregnancy announcement. So now he's very firmly the baby face. Having him take the fall last night was like, if they had had him take the fall, it kind of would have uh, broken the sale a little bit. I, I think you got to do Sammy breaking away from Jericho Appreciation Society yes. at this point. And I need a clean break. I don't need them just acting as two separate entities like they've been throughout these entire last few months of like, hey, Sammy's not actually part of us anymore. It hasn't been like referenced, hasn't been brought up or anything. I need them to tie this together at, at some point soon of Jericho, whether it be chastising Sammy for not getting the job done, whether it be like you were too focused on the world title and didn't help me against Adam Cole, whatever it might be. However, Jericho needs to talk down to Sammy and however Sammy needs to slap this man in the mouth. That needs to be the next thing. But at least for one more night, we're still getting Jericho and Adam Cole because they're doing the mixed tag match on Wednesday. But that needs to be Sammy's next thing is it needs to be him fully separating from Jericho Appreciation Society and doing that actual story and feud and firmly establishing him as the baby face and undisputed Sammy join him with Adam sure. Cole for blood and guts. Sure. That's knows? where you want to go. Sure. I have a Probably feeling not. that's where it's going to go, but uh, anarchy in yeah. the arena time. Yeah, that is where I do think it's going to be blood and guts is Jericho appreciation society versus Adam Cole and friends. I know you're sold on this. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So who's on Adam's side? You got Roddy. You got Roddy. We don't know where Kyle is in terms of his recovery, we know that it's a while off, but we said the same thing about Chris Stylander with, and we lost track of time. So we don't know where Kyle O'Reilly is. That's potentially three. Sammy is a fourth and Sammy could, it could just be the Sammy's very clearly out with Jericho and he proves that he's out wins the match for Adam Cole and team. Uh, there's a possibility you do that. You know, it was the fifth Jericho's got five guys. He picks four guys. They don't do five on five. They do. They'll do a four on four. Mm. Jericho, Hager, and then Menard and what's his face? DG's out. Garcia's out. He's not in the match. Garcia's not in the match. No, nah, Garcia's not in the match. I don't like this at all. 
Well, here we are. You could do a fifth. I don't know who the fifth is. Fifth is Wardlow. There you go. Because DG wants to. Bob Fish, baby. Bobby Fish joins the Jericho Appreciation Society. Don't hate that. Ah, Sabu. Bring bring Sabu and put him on. No. Let's Sabu in Blood and Guts, baby. You said a dive he did? Oh, man. I mean, he just kind of fell over off the top rope, but it was great. <laughs> Blood and Guts ain't going to be in Vegas, so I don't think we'll have that problem. Uh, Anarchy in the Arena, Ooh. let's talk about that real quick. Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club. Takeshita being the big story of this. Making the save for Blackpool Combat Club and for Don Callis. We don't know if Don and Takeshita are aligned with BCC or if they're just common enemies with the elites. But good match, fun match. I said it on Twitter. I would love next year that they do more split screen work so that instead of us being really confused about what's going on in the arena, we get maybe a few more shots of of the brawling, whatever it is. It felt like a lot of sensory overload to me at times, which maybe that's just because it's so late and I'm tired. But um, again, that's not, it's more of a critique of things. It's not me getting down on the match because I was mostly entertained. The finish was fun. The Takeshita movement to the heel side makes sense to me. This was a big weekend, by the way, for wrestlers doing shit on their birthdays. You had Macklin, you know, retain his title. You had Natty get beat up in 69 seconds. You you had Takeshita turn and heel, you know, the day before his birthday. His birthday's today. Good for him. This is a busy, busy weekend. I'm sure there were others that I'm missing, but uh, big, big weekend for wrestlers and birthdays. So what do you think of Takeshita making the save and basically being the catalyst for uh, BCC getting the win at Anarchy in the Arena? Well, Takeshi is celebrating with a lot of Cinnabon right now. Um, what if he's banned from there now that he did that? Oh, I should actually look at the Cinnabon Twitter and get a very easy article out of this to see <laughs> if they're like upset at Takeshka for turning on the elite here. Uh, I'll look at this here in a second. Um, I, somebody in the in the chat was commenting about my my anarchy in the arena comments um oh the music bit was awesome don't know what pay-per-view jeremy watched clever execution i love the music bit they did it last year that was great we talked about like them doing it again this year what i didn't like was i didn't think the performance was that good i didn't think they i didn't think it sounded good joel you're the music guy like did it sound good no it wasn't that it, it was it was serviceable it was fine again wrestling typically sucks at i'm mixing music and this is this is like cross brain. Like this isn't AEW sucks at WWE sucks at everybody in wrestling sucks at it because nobody is a music mixer in that truck. It's just mics up, mics up. Like it's not it's not put together well. I had a feeling, and I wasn't listening close enough, but it wouldn't have surprised me if they had them record the song a couple of times to do playback in the arena and mime the second, third, fourth time they ran through the song, but the first time was live. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that, but I also, they never showed a shot of the band where I could have been like, oh, they're not actually playing or, oh, they're faking through it. Um, But it was, again, it was serviceable. By the seventh time they got through the run of that song, I was just like, you got to stop this now. It's getting too much. And then Young Bucks took them out. It was actually the right time in the match for them to do that because, like I said, yeah. I'm sure I wasn't the only one feeling that way. Uh, by the way, Cinnabon has not tweeted anything about this, so you're good. Oh, very sad. No, I like the music bit. Get, we talked about it. We knew it was coming. We just trying to figure out what song they were going to do. They just went with a live Wild Thing performance. I thought the way it got cut off by the Young Bucks was great. Didn't think the performance, the live performance of it, was all that good. And yes, I do like my 90-minute pay-per-views. I wish all pay-per-views would last 90 minutes. 
no match press conferences would last nine set nine minutes please yeah Yeah. nine minute press conferences 90 minute pay-per-views be a happy man if that happened uh as far as the match goes look we talked about it on the build-up callus and takeshka were gonna get involved in some way that was that was the story i was waiting for in this match and it was just gonna be how is it going to play out and it played out one of the ways we talked about in that Callus has pulled in Takeshka to be on his side and take out Omega and the Elite. Does that mean Takeshka's aligned with Blackpool? They the announcers made mention of like doesn't seem like it. That Blackpool was very cautious and in not interacting with Callus and Takeshka on that. Danielson was asked about the press conference and gave the, the little Danielson smile of like, I don't know, type of thing. But like clearly there's gonna be more interaction there. Kenny said after the pay-per-view. I got a friend or two who can even up the odds. There was a smattering of Abushi chants at the end of the show. There were more Abushi chants after the show when Kenny mentioned he's got a couple friends coming. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on, especially coming into Forbidden Door. I think Osprey is still going to be, and maybe this is why Kenny mentioned two friends, because it seems like Osprey is the Forbidden Door match. Assuming that's when he gets his match. Dominion is this weekend. Uh, Assuming Osprey gets his match, he wins. uh, He beats Lance Archer at Dominion, earns the U.S. title shot. He gets that match at Forbidden Door. Then we will see Osprey get involved potentially in this whole thing. And that's when Kenny needs a second friend. Uh, Abushi seems like, yep, that's the first guy. Pretty easy call there. Is the second guy Okada? Okada? mind you, is teaming with Tanahashi and Ishii against Moxley, Shota, and Claudio at Dominion. So there's ties there. Is it Tanahashi that Kenny gets into here? Is it Toro Yano who holds a win over John Moxley? Is it Yoshihiko who I suggested which Let's go. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe Who's the third maybe, person if brother, Kota Ibushi is number two? Maybe it's maybe it is Joey Janela. He posted that photo. <laughs> Janela and, and Kota, they're the friends. The the yeah. forbidden door doesn't have to be New Japan Pro Wrestling. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm gonna get Cinnabon to comment on Takeshka. By the I'm way, I'm sure others um, have. But you can try too. Uh, yeah. Before we wrap up, I do want to bring it up because I'm Canadian. They did announce the uh, the opening ceremony of the Owen Hart tournament this year, <laughs> and of course, you had Dr. Martha Hart talking about wearing your fascinators, and then says, "Oh, maybe it's a little mob inspired this year." And how <laughs> comes? Out comes Tony and whatever that hat. It was an Owen Hart Foundation branded hat. So clearly it's going to be a fundraiser, which delightful. That's great. That's, <laughs> that was so ugly. It's not a Stetson. Thanks it's not to Tony Khan, baby. It's not a cowboy hat. And the whole idea here is that you're going to play off the rich heritage of the uh, of the Calgary Stampede because the finals are going to be in Calgary on collision in July. Uh, July or June. Anyway, the whenever the show is, they're going to be playing it off in, in Calgary. I wish they had spent a little more time thinking about what the hell that was supposed to be. Cause whatever it was last night was not it. They got a lot of time to, to put it together, but I just, I had a really good laugh watching that segment. Uh, Martha Hart getting in on the Owen chance. And then Renee being like, 
oh, I guess I have to do this too. Oh, and oh, and there was just a lot going on in that segment. But uh, I'm looking forward to the Owen. I don't know who's going to win. Another uh, couple pairing winning would be funny to me. Don't know who that could be. Who would you have? Sammy and Ty. Not anymore. Ty can just win. People are just like, yeah, you you deserve this, Ty. Like, you you win. We give this to you. The new day. Yeah. Yeah. Just late. We forfeit. Yeah. Okay. Why does it have to be a couple? What? No. Doesn't. But I I do think it. I I said it. Hannah J and Jungle Boy once upon a time. Both of them as heels. Let's go. Yeah. Is Anna J a heel? She feuded with Julia Hart. Who is I'm saying you cement heel. them both. You cement them okay. both. All right, fair. We can do that. We can we can do Anna J and, and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is well loved in Canada. Tony Khan wants Jushin Liger for this. I don't think to compete. People are like, I want to. Jushin Liger is going to compete. I don't think Jushin Liger is competing in this. I think if he's there, it's just going to be like an appearance. People need to slow down on Liger competing in this. Wouldn't it be funny though if he worked like the ten man tag final, and everyone puts thumbs up each other's butts? Yes, it'd be hilarious, Joel. Thank you. Jushin uh, Liger's gonna come out of retirement for that. I mean, PWG did it; they could do it too. Yeah, sure, sure. Anyway, speaking of thumbs up, go leave one on this video, okay? You can put it up your butt; I don't care, but just leave a thumbs up on this video. And uh, listen, man, Jer- Jeremy, people can do whatever the hell they want to do. I'm not here to police anyone's enjoyment, anyone's thumbs in anyone's places. As long as it's consensual and agreed upon, we're good. Don't suggest that. Give a thumbs up on the video. Keep your thumbs in eyesight, everybody. Okay? Don't, don't, don't do that. I mean, it, I guess if it, you enjoy it, but... See, it's fine. No. Yes, absolutely. Jeremy, stuff. Let's get out of here. It's late. What am I? What am I plugging? We'll be back uh, on Wednesday at ten o'clock. We ran a little long today because we no the long weekend. We didn't touch on like NXT. That was a show that happened. Shout out to uh, Tiffany Stratton and Lyra Valkyria. Good match. Yeah, yeah, Tiffany Stratton. She's great. and we did say Dragunov and Dijak had a, had a great last-minute standing match, which is, right. which is also true. Yeah. Yes. So NXT Battleground was a show that happened. People can watch that. Um, yeah, we're back on Wednesday. Stay tuned to everything on Fightful Overbooked. We got great stuff coming up, I think. Tag Talk today at 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm sure Haley and Kylie have nothing to talk about after last night. Nothing about butterflies. Nothing about exploding shoes. Nothing. That spot ruled, by the way. It got that me. was fantastic. Yeah, it got me. I like that spot. I was just like, why is there a cable in the... Oh, my God. It's good stuff. They've said be- They've said before, I think uh, they wanted to like light it on fire and do like a flaming super kick spot. It's about the closest they'll, they'll get to it for right now. Um, Joey yeah. Janela tried the flaming super kick spot. I don't know how well it worked for him. Uh, but yeah, they did the exploding suit. That was awesome. That yeah. was great. It was good stuff. All right. We'll talk about more of this, I'm sure. I'm sure you, well, you and, and Steven Jensen will talk about it on Spotlight on Thursday. I, I'm sure of that. So uh, go watch them. Roads, that's it. Oh, okay, fine. So uh, go watch Spotlight on YouTube.com slash Fightful Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, or are you guys moving again? Yes. No, okay. 9.30, this, I believe. 
Good. Wonderful. If it changes, go follow Steven Jensen on Twitter. He'll tell you when it is. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll be back on Wednesday at 10 a.m. to talk more about the weeds and getting in them. Okay, Summer, go touch grass, everybody. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.